Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. Before we begin, we have a voicemail from our new best friend, Ben Bird. Here he is. Hey, Greg, it's Ben Bird. I was just listening to the Nightgown of the Stolen Moon episode. Great job, as always. Enjoyed it. And I just wanted to say I was very surprised at how good the covers of that song were. It was not a song that I thought was going to be able to be covered very well because it's so unique and unusual. But the ones that you put together were very good, and I enjoyed them. And looking forward to more great episodes. Keep up the good work, and I hope you enjoy your trip to Spain. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate it. Yeah, such a great song. I would say that I was not as surprised because this song... While being a B-side that's never been played live, it is a beloved song, uh, and I've known that just chit-chatting with people, Um, and I debated covering it. Just didn't have the time. Lots of other covers going on over here, and uh, yeah, Spain. So (laughs) thanks again for calling in, man, and uh, thanks for listening. Anyone could call in at 224-801-2930. That number again is 224-801-2930. Or you could email me at thismightbeapod at gmail. Now, on with the show. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with the one, the only guest host, I mean, I'm the host of this show, but he's the guest and the host of his band. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. It's Joel Yellowitz here to talk about Prepare off of My Murdered Remains. Here we go. Hey, Greg. Not much. How are you? Oh, man. I just, I realized also when I was saying My Murdered Remains that I haven't done a My Murdered Remains track in 
It's been a while. I, yeah, it's been. I want to see if it's been. Uh, <laughs> sorry, my other podcast just had this whole. My best man Western podcast. We had this whole running gag with the bare naked ladies shtick the whole time. Um, but I was trying to think. Like, I feel like I did one in 2021, but it's possible. There's so many albums. I mean, not only are so many songs. You're as a guy who is well versed in the whole catalog and has covered things through the whole catalog. So many songs, but also just so many different releases. So like when I'm trying to plan stuff, I'm like, well, I haven't done a phone power episode in a while or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, You've got a lot on your plate. Th- I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I try to plan it around the family stuff as much as possible. So, I mean, ideally, my daughter would have not woken up at, you know, been whining at 945 at night. Uh, we put her in bed at 7.45 <laughs> and she'd been off and on whining like the whole time, but she's three and a half. A three-nager, na- a, a three we've just heard is the term. Wow. Because it's not terrible twos. N- not terrible twos like you've heard. It's the terrible threes, but she's awesome. She's amazing, but like if she gets out of whack and gets cranky, it just... It's hard to tamp that back down. Anyway, so My Murder Remains is one of those albums that we need to get into. Um, I want to talk about what your thoughts on it and still not streaming. But before we get to that or the song, we need to know about you and your history of the Phantom. So why don't we do the Phantom first and we will learn about you throughout as we go. Because I got lots of questions about both the guest and the host. I'm just going to keep making dumb jokes the whole time. So why don't you tell us how uh, and when and why and what and where did you get into the MIP Giants? Oh, first of all, um, I want—I do want to clarify one thing. I'm okay. actually guest slash host. So I am... You have to say the slash. I've never said the slash, but oh, okay. just, it, it is there. <laughs> because i'm not a i'm not a guest host it's it's not that the implication is not that i'm hosting instead of some somebody else uh it was a name is a title given an honorary title given to me by a friend and and so i just kind of adopted it as my band name i was like what am i i'm not going to put out joel yalowitz it's just you know it doesn't roll off the tongue so i became guest slash host so because i was doing something at the time where i was the host of the area, but I was a guest in the activity, so that's how I became guest slash host. <laughs> well, now I need to know, what is the area and what is the activity? Uh, it was a game of Dungeons & Dragons at my house. Okay, Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> All right. At your, okay. So, <laughs> so I, was, I was guesting in the Dungeons & Dragons game in my house. And so the, the, the very verbose dungeon master, <laughs> he said, hey... You're the guest, I guess you're the guest slash host. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take that and just stick with it. <laughs> Man, so h- how long ago was that that this was bestowed upon you? Oh, yes, 2018, 2019. Okay, so not that long ago. It's right around when I first started kind of getting serious and trying to do recordings. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, with the amount of stuff you've cranked out, I would have guessed longer ago. Just, just based on the sheer output, but like looking at your band camp and stuff, and we'll, I mean, we'll talk about a bunch of your covers and your process as we go. Um, sure. So yeah, so yeah, we'll get to guest host stuff uh, throughout, but take us way back in time, because I know, I mean, like I was saying, I've been talking to a bunch of young folks, uh, I guess not a whole string of them, 
but a few of them that make me feel very old, but I feel like we're more on like the same kind of timeline here. Probably, so uh, yeah. when, yeah, when and how did he, did he get into them and what song, what album, et cetera? I actually date from, well, here's the thing. I was a very casual music fan at the time. So I, I don't, I don't remember the exact first time. The first, the first time that I remember hearing them, I know I was at my friend's house. It was in middle school it was probably 89 maybe 88 or 89 and i know it was lincoln well obviously yeah it was lincoln and right around then is when the anang video came out and that punched me in the face and so of of all the kind of eclectic little you know weird musics that my family kind of you know heaped on me all of which are kind of like oh they're still swimming up in there at that time I just remember it was a lightning bolt. So it was my, it was like my first real rock punk, something different kind of music was Anang. So pause right there and tell me what was the stuff that you're that you were hearing in your household when you were in middle school. So you you hadn't discovered your own music yet, is what I'm getting. Right. Yeah. What kind of stuff was being played? What? Yeah. What were you? What was going into your eardrums? I mean, I have place? I have a, a pretty good musical grounding, mostly uh, folk and classic rock. So. Okay. Uh, my mainstays when I was growing up were the Beatles, uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary, Simon, and Garfunkel. Um, I would throw sure. those, those records on Simon and Garfunkel, Bridge Over Troubled Water, um, Sgt. Oh, Peppers, God. and Abbey Road. I wore the blank out of those vinyls. I listened to those. You're allowed to swear if you'd like. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got the E next to it. This, uh, yeah, It's I, funny. I, I, there, I have some guests who, like Mr. Daryl Till, he's like... I think we might have each sworn once or twice on the show. Could you edit that out? I'm like <laughs> making me censor my own show. He's like, well, I mean, Daryl's a friend and uh, is an awesome dude overall. But he's like, well, I think I'd like anything I'm a part of to be able to be enjoyed by my whole family. Like, I think that to paraphrase. So, like, okay, fair enough, right? If you wanted your, you know, like daughter to listen to it or something, you don't want. This weirdo up in here just, like, saying fucking shit all over the place, right? <laughs> like, these motherfucking songs are fucking awesome. But you are allowed to swear gotcha. uh, if you would like. I will not force you to. Thank you. But I also had a Mr. Kevin Calloway on an episode who is an admin of They Might Be Shitposting and does not swear. He cannot even pronounce the full name <laughs> of the Facebook group that he admins because it has a swear in the name. I did not know that. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm an admin of They Might Be Blank Posting. I'm like, you're allowed to swear. He's like, oh, but I, I don't swear. I'm like, interesting. <laughs> Just a curious kind of, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what they call that. Anyway, so those that's all great stuff. Like, Bridge of Troubled Water is like all time. I mean, everyone talks about Sgt. Pepper, Abbey Road, like all the Beatles stuff. Of course, that's like a given. I grew up on that stuff too. You know, both of my parents' favorites. It was a tragedy around our house when... My parents' uh, basement flooded. This I had already moved out. My dad had all of his records on a crate on the floor, and oh, all no. the jackets got ruined. He kept the records. He cleaned them. He bought special stuff. Like he cares enough about music that he was like, "I'm keeping these records." Like even though the jackets were toast. And um, I remember my dad spending a lot of Paul Simon solo records because mm-hmm. I was hearing like "Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard" was like a top five song for me when I was a kid. 
Um, oh yeah, yeah. Just so catchy, and, like the whistling, like everything about it, like just the me and Julio, something. But even just singing the name Julio, like something about it was just fun to me. And so that song, all over the place, you know, Kodachrome. I mean, all all that stuff. And he also really liked Fleetwood Mac, which never stuck stuck with me as much. But I got respect for Fleetwood Mac too. Yeah. There's cool, especially with all the drama. Like, there's a lot of story to that band, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and my mom was like all Beatles and then like a lot of classical and stuff. Though she has been buying the Mimpy Giant CDs like crazy these days because they both they, they're retired. They listen to the podcast like immediately when it comes out. I'm like, how'd you already hear that two-hour episode? I posted it three hours ago. I'm like, <laughs> but, you know. That's nice. You're like, you're like, hey, my phone just told me I can listen to my son a little bit more. <laughs> you know, it's kind of adorable. But um, so she buys CDs for her sewing room and listens to like Apollo 18 while she's sewing or Minkar or whatever, you know. She she knows what the best albums are because I, <laughs> I tell her what the correct best albums because are. Because they all are. Uh, so, <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, it's just... It's like a twenty-five way Sophie's Choice. Or how many? How many? How many albums is it at now? It's a lot. Um, the okay, well, uh, the wiki, and then it's like two call two count long tail weekend, which I'd say yes, yes, twenty-three. Okay, so it's a twenty-three way uh, Sophie's Choice here. It's like I love you all equally, but do you? <laughs> <laughs> so you got into them pre-flood, so that's like major, like status symbol among the fandom because yeah thanks all the rest uh, yeah. of you're dying off no you're not like the job <laughs> yeah right because no, uh i i mean in the i should total up the actual number of guests i've had because with repeats some people have been on patrons and not been on a regular episode i usually try to rope people into both it's very hard to keep track of um but with how many guests i've had i feel feel like over this this will be like episode 180 i think something like that um that i've had maybe 12 i don't know i feel like 15 or less people that got into them pre-flood i think a lot of that might have to do and i'd love to like if you have anyone you don't like real life friends people that the problem is i'm now i'm meeting so many of my guests online Mm -hmm. and there are people that are online so they're I don't know, you know, younger than 50, I guess. Right? I don't know. I mean, not that older people aren't online, but like surfing, you know, scrolling Twitter for Team BG content. You know, I don't, you know. Right. But it's awesome that people are still getting into the band. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, right, but like I, I got a lot from the younger fans. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. But like, I do feel like the, I mean, the amount of people that have gotten into them around Flood is huge. Yeah. Um, the amount of people that have gotten into them this century is huge. Right? For like kids' albums, even mm-hmm. like Malcolm in the Middle spillover, right? Yeah. Um, all that stuff. Um, people that, I mean, I just uh, uploaded my episode with Lydia Snow about uh, Darling the Dose. She got into them a year ago. And like she already was in contact with management because she's a journalism student. Um, I mean, yeah, she's not even drinking age, right? And she is already talking to, I don't know if she's talking to Peter, who over there um, at Hornblow Group or whoever, there's somebody in their management got her the record and she reviewed it for her school paper. Super cool, right? And she's only been into them for like a year, but she's like all in. And it's like, she is like so amped up about them. 
I had got Lydia. I know if you're listening, don't take you got don't take this as offense, but I had <laughs> a friend message me, and they're like, Lydia talks like the Micro Machines guy. Now you would get that reference, right? You remember the Micro Machines commercials? It was like an auctioneer, speed talking champion guy who would do the commercials. Okay, maybe you're just just those few years older than me enough yeah, to not think, have been into into toys, right? You had the Hot Wheels and the Matchbox, but not the Micro Machines, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Go bots. So sure, right? <laughs> she was she was talking so fast because she was just like, I gotta say everything I love about this band that I'm super into for the past year. Like it was like fun to hear her hey when you get when you get bit yeah i know right when they get their hooks into you right i know and i talked about this with her can you imagine like you've been into them for over 30 years right yes 33 33 34 years that's yeah 34 (laughs) years like twice as old as she is has been alive right yeah it's nuts and I, I think I can officially say I've been into them for 30 years because, yeah, it was, it was Apollo that I heard first. Can you imagine coming into this fandom in the Spotify YouTube era? I know. Like, like I think I, I would probably just, like, back away. Like, I can't handle a band with this much stuff. I'd just be like, I don't even know. Yeah. I've, right? I mean, I don't... <laughs> I've been reflecting on that. I've been reflecting on that, and I've been hanging out a lot with... Uh, with with much more serious and dedicated music fans, and I just realized that since in the generation that I come from, that it was, well, at least from my given my resources and and my approach, it wasn't as easy to get into music. I didn't, yeah. you know, I literally had to record songs from the radio if I wanted to hear them. I recorded songs from skate videos. Go yeah. back to skating. Like I had, I had tapes of stuff that had grinding noises over the music, right? Like because this, <laughs> it's whatever you can get your hands on nowadays. Oh it's, my god! It's, you know, it's, it's just weird. And I was also looking back on it and just reflecting uh, how many years that I've that I've been into. They might be giants, but I've still only seen them maybe twenty something times. Like Only not even, twenty something, not even thirty Dude. times. I know there's people who've seen them that many in the last year. <laughs> right now, you live in the South, and I know there's this thing like people say, and we got to get. We haven't even covered your whole history of fandom. We're kind of jumping around, but that's fine. Um, we have a song that isn't like where it's not like when I did twisting, and I'm like, here's six different live versions. We right. need to talk about them all, right? So we're we're okay. <laughs> we'll be okay, but like. You live in the South, and I've heard these things, like, people accused... I know Flansburg has gotten defensive, like, you guys never come to the South, why do you hate us Southerners? And Flans is like, hey, man, I just go where they tell me to go. I mean, really, I think Flans has some big input on tour routing. He seems to want to be into all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got his fingers and everything. But, so... Okay, so, yeah, we're jumping around, but where have you seen them the most? Have you seen them in... Your home state? Are you going to Georgia? Where are you going? So my first show, I saw them as a duo. I think I'm pretty sure Jesus. it was 1990 in Atlanta. I saw them as a duo. God, uh, I hate at, you so much. <laughs> um, I th- the Variety Playhouse. Um, oh, that's amazing. That was my mother drove me and and my fan and my friend. It's it uh-huh. was Oct- I think it was October 10 90. October. I will 1990. verify. 
Tell the tale, and I will take a look. I lived uh, at the time in East Tennessee, about three or so hours from Atlanta, and my one of my my good friend who got me into them, my friend Robbie, he's like, "Hey, I can get us tickets to this concert," and I'm like, "Cool, let's go." And I I had no idea. I think I'd maybe been to like, you know, my idea of of big entertainment was. You know, going out to the mall or going to a monster truck rally or something like that. Oh, it was, sick. It was just, <laughs> I was very deprived, you know. Sunday, Sunday, it, Sunday. Exactly. So, props so, to Robbie, though. So, it, you you had, so you had heard them on Lincoln. So, you already were aware of them. You, did you own, did you own Lincoln? Did you own Flood when you would I, see him? I owned, um, I know I owned Lincoln. I'm pretty sure I owned Pink. And I definitely own Flood. I think I owned all three on of them cassettes? on cassette. On cassette. On cassette. On cassette. CDs were still expensive and in the long boxes, so you couldn't steal them. <laughs> yes, not, exactly. as, not as easily, yeah. right? They're the big plastic fucking things. Yeah, I could I could afford the nine ninety eight, but not the fifteen ninety eight. Right. <laughs> I know. It's like well, when you're a kid and you only like get like five dollars allowance for whatever around the house. That's a big difference, it's right? A big difference. That's a third more, right? Yeah. So. So you said it was 1990 in October? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, I'm looking. So you guys drove hours to go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to see them. That was my first time. In uh, Atlanta. Variety, the Variety uh, Playhouse, October 10th, 1990. Variety Playhouse in Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. So I got to drive there, and I... I'm sure I slept in the car on the way home, but it was nice. It was great. It was. Amazing. You need to go on the wiki. You need to go on the wiki because it says zero wikians attended the show. Yeah, you're right. So I think you need to rectify that. Be like, hey, bitches, I was there. <laughs> Duo era, man. Anytime someone says that to me, which is not often on this show, like especially like just like I said, finding people that are, were even aware of them pre-flood. I mean. Or pre-full band, even. Right? right. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm in the minority with my own guests. I'm like, I thought I was going to get a bunch of people that were like, ah, the full band, that's not the real thing. But I'm getting all these people that only have known them as a full band. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, people from our era, it was like, I knew them, and then all of a sudden they were a full band. I'm like, what? Oh, okay, whatever. You know, like, I, I rolled with it. But like you knew him for a few years, what were your, what were your thoughts on it? Did you care? Because you were still pretty young. Were you set on like they're a duo and these other guys? What the hell? Or were you like cool? I was just like cool. I I mean I didn't really know that much about you know how bands got together and how they manage personnel. Sure. So I was like, if these guys can make the sounds that they make as a band, like for instance, I may not have known that it wasn't a real drummer. At the time, you know, I was sure. Uh, yeah, I just, I, true, you know, everything true. was just so abstract about their videos and so forth. Yeah, um, but I was that's just a like, good yeah, point. They're just, I, I would just like, um, that was back in the day that I would call the actual dial a song pretty frequently, at least once a week. Yeah, and hear stuff see, like Ant and you know, those things. Yeah, see, get, see, listeners, this is like the OG dude right here because I'll tell you, I. I feel like even like when when someone like Lydia's on and I'm going to she better listen to this cuz she's going she's going to be so embarrassed. Uh when someone like Lydia's on I'm like I'm like a real damn pajamas fan. Like I'm not judging anybody but like any kind of fan can be on the show. I've had people on who only knew like 3 of their songs 
just because it was fun. Like, beginning of the show, like, I was kind of like, hey, you seem like a funny guy, or like, hey, you're my real friend, and you kind of know them because I forced you to listen to them in college <laughs> or whatever. And Or like my wife, where she's like, she, I mean, she likes them, and she's around them constantly, and she's gone to see them with me two of the three times. Uh, I've only seen them three times. Thanks, Midwest. Um, right. And and being poor. Tennessee. Right. right. Yeah, right. I know. So, Tennessee, um, Indiana. No love, no love. Actually, I saw them at <laughs> I saw them at the Vogue in Indianapolis at least once, maybe twice. Uh, I was saw it them the twice. Fun tour? Uh, no, ninety nine no. and two thousand two. Okay. That's when I that's when I lived 99. in Indianapolis. Man, that's got to be crazy for them. I feel like we're jumping all over the place, but we it's are. fine. That that they are <laughs> p- playing like for a band that's had something an album called Venue Songs. That they are still going to the Vogue. I hope they still feel cool about it because the Vogue is amazing. Like I love it's the perfect size. I love their Vogue shows. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. And I've seen I've seen some other bands there. I saw Jesus and Mary Chain there. Like everything has sounded oh, great there. Everything's looked great. Yeah, are are you a fan of them? I, I yeah, I, I remember liking them a lot in high school. I haven't kept up with them, but I They yeah, because they reformed I think this was before they so before they put out Damage and Joy, because they did finally reunite and put out an album, but I think they were they were maybe milking a Psycho Candy uh, anniversary. It might have been 20, 2014 or something, you know, like the thirtieth anniversary of Psycho Candy, maybe. And it was incredible. I couldn't understand a word of his in between song banter. <laughs> it's just so fucking Scottish, but it was amazing. There's it's like Indianapolis, like. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You know, get to the hardest walk. You know, <laughs> like it's just it was amazing and so loud. I mean, I wear earplugs, but like you can you can still tell when it's fucking loud. Yeah, it's like seeing Dino- Dinosaur Junior at the Bluebird in Bloomington, Indiana, where I saw one of my three. They might be giant shows. Another amazing place to see shows. Um, did, you, did you ever go to the Bluebird? I mean, being in Indianapolis, did you? I never saw a show there. Famous venue, like Mellencamp yeah. kind of came up, mm-hmm. like, playing through there. Like, Lou Reed is like, popped in. I think Springsteen played there. Like, just, like, surprise stuff. They'd be like, hey! Like, it's, like, this cool venue that, like, guys would be like, oh, my friends are playing. Like, my less famous friends are playing. I'm going to go hang out in the green room, which is, like, a closet there. Like, mm-hmm. I've played there. I've played there. Six stage, small enough that uh, someone like me could play there on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever. They would have Total Trash Tuesdays, which was local shows. We kicked off a tour there once on a Thursday and then played Chicago on Friday. Um, but, like, seeing the MIP Giants there, the Hold Steady, uh, Dinosaur Jr. being right up to the stage where it's like I could have touched, like, his monitor. Uh, he had his own guitar monitor, which was just, like, a Fender Twin pointing straight at his face. Like, he's like, I can't hear these like six cabinets behind me. <laughs> so I got to have another like couple 10 inch, couple 12 inch speakers just pointing right at my face. Uh, it was incredible. Like hair blowing back levels of volume, but like the giants playing the Vogue in 99, like before that, they might've been playing bigger stuff, you know, coming off the Electra years. I don't know. Maybe they would skip Indianapolis cause Electra thought it wasn't yeah. worth it. I don't know. You know, go straight from, Chicago to Cleveland or or Detroit, I don't know. Well, I say have nice a, things about Detroit. I have a weird history. It's I uh, when I got into them, I got into them young. Yeah. I got in, then I went to college in New York, 
very shortly okay. after that. What what school? I went to Cooper Union, which is an engineering, art, and architecture school in the East Village. Okay. All right. Um, it's kind East of a village, baby. Yeah. So you would think being in New York would be great, but I I missed a couple chances to see them, and then I was looking back through the list of shows. I'm like, man, why did not I remember seeing them at CBGB? I remember seeing them at Irving Plaza. I remember oh seeing them at Summer God. Stage. But I'm like, why didn't I see them in like, you know, how many times? Did, oh, because they were touring Europe the entire time I was there. I picked the wrong really four years to be in New York. They were there wow. very infrequently, very infrequently. So living in New York, I I only got to see them probably three times in four years. So wait, what years were you living? There? I'm trying to place because middle school was in the eighties for you. So were they touring like John Henry in yeah. Europe mm-hmm. or something? Okay, they must have been. I mean, I've looked yeah. I've looked at the the list, and it's like you know they were five months straight. They were in Germany and the Netherlands and and England yeah. and stuff. I'm like, they think they're the Beatles. They're like, we're gonna play, we're gonna play, <laughs> right? Ham- right? We're gonna play Hamburg for three years and hash it out, right? And in the red, see light if districts. we can make it as a band. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they might be giants playing at your local strip club. <laughs> I don't know if they would think that's awesome or horrifying. Like, it's hard to tell with those guys. It's like, but like the novelty of it is amazing. Just don't have a kids show there. <laughs> Man, it's crazy that. I'm just je- okay. So now I'm jealous of a couple of things. You've seen them as a duo. You've seen them at CBGBs. I mean, as like that was that was the that was the best. That was one of the best it, a nights punk of my guy life. through and through. I feel like I might have uh, a bootleg of that show because it was the John Henry era band. Because I remember playing this when Doherty and May Money were on the show together, talking about Snail Shell. I played them a recording of Snail Shell from CBGB's. I'm like, you guys remember playing CBGB's? They're like, oh, yeah. I mean, Tony played there a ton because he's in Perubu. You know, he was doing all kinds of crazy shit. You know, he's a punk rock dude. And um, and like, oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, it's always fun to play there. And I played it for them. They're like, oh, man. They just, like, started talking to each other. And I was just, like, sitting there. I mean, that episode was so fun because I talked to each of them separately once. And then to have them together, just like, I just kind of sit back and like, just watch them just like swap stories. It was the coolest thing. The coolest thing. They're like, oh yes, heebie-jeebies. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm like, listen to the banter. Like Flans' banter is, he's like, I just want people to know that parts of the ceiling are falling down. And that's Mm -hmm. what we love about this place. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's a show that you were at. I mean, I don't know how often they're playing CBGBs, like any year. I only saw it maybe once in the course of a couple of years. So I was probably at that one. I'm going to, okay, hold on. I'm just going to open up my iTunes and take a look. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bet my life on it, but. Yeah. I mean, I feel like like that wasn't their regular like stomping grounds, was there? No. During, was that during that era? Because no. that's like that's like kind of slumming it for an Electra era band. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was. It was definitely kind of cramped for them. Um, I remember yeah. the show. I, I was in college, and um, I remember it very distinctly. There were a lot of people who looked like they were like high level businessmen, like people with yeah. with really nice pressed dress shirts who came huh. to see the show. I'm like, oh, these are these are people like just a little bit older than me who just got into them right around the same time, 
And instead of huh. being in college like me, now they've graduated. Now they're in, uh, working at Wall Street, and now they're coming up to CBGB to see the Giants. <laughs> and some CBGB's regular who has no idea who they might be Giants are just comes by and like wipes a booger on the guy's shirt. <laughs> fuck, <laughs> fuck you, prep. Uh, fuck you, goddamn yuppies. <laughs> what are you doing here? Uh, see, that's the thing I love about the Miami Giants. Like they can straddle that line. Like there are these guys that came up on punk stuff and new wave and all this really weird shit. But, like, they they look fairly non-threatening, but they do these really weird things. They do crazy stuff on stage, but they dress like their dads, as they would say. Um, okay, well, I found that the show was December 8th of 1993. Were you in New York in 1993? Yeah. The end of 1993? Yeah, that was my maybe second, yeah. second or third year of school. <clears throat> the show started with Snail Shell. That was the opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and the, then I was obsessed with that song. Oh, yeah. How could you not be? I mean, the music video, too. It's just like... Oh, yeah. Man. I kind of miss that era of... Um, yeah, right. I ca- <laughs> I know. And, yeah, talking to... Well, um... Oh, wait. No, no, I talked them together on the AKA Driver episode. I talked to Tony by himself on Snail Shell and talked about all about how it's the only... They might be giant song with slap bass in it, which I love bringing up. I'm like, dude, I hate slap bass. Except for Snail Shell. <laughs> I'm like... I hate it. Well, I came up as a guy who, like, I like Green Day and Rancid, but I don't like Primus. I mean, people like both of those bands, but I'm like, that sounds so stupid. But Snail Shell, that was the one exception. The one exception. And for him to do it in 1994 totally makes sense. I mean, that was big then. Um, anyway, so so that might have been the show you were at, you think? I mean, there's a possibility. Uh, I, don't, I don't see any other CBGB shows in, the, the, in that type of Oh, you're, you're looking frame. at 93? Yeah, okay. I've, I've looked through the list a couple of times because I'm like, I was, I was really disappointed in how few times I had, could remember seeing them. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty much it. That's a, that's a, that's the only, those so, are the only opportunities I had. Yeah. Okay, so you were in New York. So you, you grew up in... Where in Tennessee? Johnson City. Okay. East Tennessee. Tennessee Tennessean is ten to believe in. So, <laughs> no, I mean, that's a beautiful area. Um, okay, so there, New York, and now you're in Alabama. How many How many different states have you seen the American Giants in? <clears throat> Atlanta. I mean, it's a lot easier for me to keep track when I've only seen them three times, and one was in Iowa, and two were in two different Indiana towns. Well, let's see. I saw them um, after going to New York. I went to med school in uh, in Indianapolis, and that's where I saw them at the Vogue yeah. in '99 and 2002. And then I moved down here to uh, to Huntsville, Alabama, for work. And then they actually played in Birmingham, Alabama, three times: 2008, 2010, and 2013. And that was very convenient because that was yeah. close enough for me and. Where I was, aside from Birmingham, they didn't come very many places. They came to Atlanta, but for whatever reason, I couldn't make those shows. And then in 2017, I saw them at, up at um, Indianapolis for the the Gen Con uh, 50th anniversary show. Okay, yeah, because I didn't... I'm actually looking up my first show I saw them at now. So I, was city, so I went to school in the Quad Cities, so Rock Island... And then I went over, drove 45 minutes out to Iowa City uh, to see him at, I think, at the Union. I'm looking right now, though. It, was it 2001 or it might have been early 2002? 
Um, cause then they were in Australia. Um, yeah. Cause then I saw him. So I saw him on the mink car tour. I saw him on the else tour in Bloomington mm-hmm. and I saw him on the, I like fun tour. That's it. I mean, I think a lot of it, cause I, I grew up in Chicago and they might be giants were always a big band for me, but I was really focused on punk stuff. Like I was going down to the Metro, uh, in the fireside bowl at Chicago, just going to these nuts shows, spiking up my Mohawk, going crazy, you know, I was never a crowd surfer, but just constantly having people just falling on me, like those kind of shows, oh, yeah. and playing shows like that, um, just berserk stuff. And I mean, Tim Rapid Giants shows are crazy in their own way. Um, but for some reason, I mean, even when I had my own car, like why did I not, I don't know why I would have not gone and seen them. Maybe it's because like my friend Patrick, who was the guy that got me into them, he was on episode Four, like I think Anna Ng, Anna Ng was a really early episode I did, and then he was also on iPal and Jeremiah. I. I keep trying to get him back, but he's like a little more introverted than me. He's like, nah, it's fine. You got a lot of other people to talk to. You know, Robbie gets props for you, right, Robbie? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and Patrick for me. So it's like he was really into them, and then I got my friend Steve into them later. But like, I don't know. I guess like my whole friend group was more focused on like California skate punk and like Midwestern and then like Midwestern emo and stuff. And it's like, I had to like go myself. Well, I didn't go by myself, but me and uh, my friend Brandon who played trumpet, we went and God, who else would have been with me? I should ask him. Come on. It's only 23 years ago. I don't <laughs> <I> remember. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's crazy how few times I've seen them and it's, it's sad and alarming. And then, and then my wife was in grad school and I'm a public teacher. So like, wasn't a whole lot of extra money to go around, you know, just trying to keep ourselves, you know, fed in the animals. Oh, I know fed. it. I know it well. Jeez. Yeah, dude. It takes a long time to get to where we are now where i can afford to like have someone of a studio right i mean it's like the same same thing for you i'm sure um yeah it's been a long time coming yeah but like i don't know it's like to me like i'd go spend five bucks to get into the fireside bowl to see a bunch of like punk and ska bands and just like go nuts for the whole night at a place that was 18 up right and then like metro same thing like that was all ages so i go to all the all ages places and when they were a quote unquote bigger band they were probably playing a lot more all ages stuff like theaters and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but then they just started playing all these clubs that are like you know drinking age type clubs like the vogue is is the vogue 21 over 18 yeah yeah yeah. it's very 30 21 right so like then i think that eliminated some shows because i didn't turn 21 until 2002 so yeah so i saw them in iowa city at the union so college kids could go there I was like a senior or something, or no, I would have been, I would have been a sophomore, graduated in 03. Yeah, it's all a fucking blur, man, <laughs> right? It's, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, and then I saw him on the Else tour in Bloomington, and that was super small at the Bluebird, not super small, but just the right size, and then the Vogue same deal like perfect size venues for them but both drinking age venues. i was thoroughly you know an adult by then by 2007 you know i i was the ripe age of you know 26 but yeah so and now i'm incredibly old so you never lost your fandom never like you went off to college and you were still seeing them 
Because I hear about that from a lot of fans. Like even me, I never like gave up the band and sold my CDs. I've always they've always been one of my favorite bands. But like then I got really into just like oh I'm a cool indie rock college kid now. I only listen to you know yeah. indie rock and and you know post punk and whatever. You know I'm listening to Fugazi and Modest Mouse and then like emo shit like Bright Eyes and all this. Like like I still love all that stuff. But like I was kind of like. Yeah, that's some nerd stuff. Wait, state songs? What's that? Okay, I'll get it. Oh no, they put out kids album. That's weird. I'll get it. You know, so like it's just I did the like, same thing. I did right? the same thing. I I definitely wandered and and saw and you know got into a whole lot of other different. I had a, a electron yeah. dance music phase for a, a pretty long okay. while. Um, I, like like you said, I got into a lot of the the post punk kind of uh, you know uh, uh, you know post alternative type of stuff. Um, yeah, but they might be giants was always there. I, I I always was listening to them at least you know, I would never I'd never go a month without listening to one of my CDs. Yeah, oh yeah, I listen yeah, to a I'd lot of other I'm... stuff, but now it's now it's I've gotten into it even more as I've gained more of an appreciation um, with their you know I've kind of exam- spent some more time with and examined some more of their their newer stuff, and it's really like. My murdered remains and more murdered remains. I'm like every track. Mm-hmm. I'm like, gosh, there's just it's yeah. so deep. Yeah. I, I have so much, you know, there's so much to think about with each one of these. And I think that's a perfect segue because we could just talk. I would, I would ask you some other question, and then we'd be another half hour. So my murdered remains, yeah. Um, and also just like you started covering them around that time, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, what, like 2018. Yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. like. The stars aligned, right, with I Like Fun and all that, all yeah. those, mm-hmm. those th- three albums in 2018. So, like, that was the new stuff. That's the stuff to be, like, that you're excited about and you want to cover. And when you start covering something, you really start noticing the complexities of these songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd say there's a few where I'm like, wow, there really wasn't that complex. But it's almost like that's the outlier where it's like, I can't believe that's that simple. Like, it's almost like so smart in how simple it is you know it's either one way or the other it's like it sounds easy but then you look at it on the chord chart or whatever you're like damn that's gonna be tough or like the other way you know what i mean Mm -hmm. oh yeah (laughs) so my murder remains the thing i was gonna ask you that i hinted at like 40 minutes ago or whatever (laughs) um is i'm 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 not mad i'm just disappointed at the johns for not putting it on streaming. Okay, I've owned it since the day it came out. But come like mm-hmm. I know they have all the YouTube videos and stuff. So it's it's streaming. Mm-hmm. It is streaming. They put out every Wednesday they were putting out something off of one of those elms, you know. Oh, I remember. Escape Team 2, right? Mm-hmm. So why can't they put it on Spotify? Cuz I have it, but I want it like when I'm in the car, I don't have an iPod anymore. I don't have a CD player anymore. Right. I still, I own the CD and I own the MP3s, whatever the wave files, but like, I want to put them on my seven hour playlist on Spotify of my favorite, you know, favorite seven, you know, I've narrowed it down to seven hours of They Might Be Giant songs. Why? I I wish I knew. I I actually don't (sighs) do Spotify. I do uh, YouTube Red, YouTube Music. And so paid YouTube, it's, it's kind of, I think it works out to be the same thing. And it's I have the same issue. For instance, yeah. I could never hear Tractor unless I scrolled through my phone and went to the file, the the the, the folder with the files in it, the same way. Yeah. And it's kind yeah. of like, 
Jeez, I'm driving here. It's annoying. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. It's like, hey, Google. Hey, Siri. Play Tractor by They Might Be Giants. Playing. And it's just like something completely different. No, no. <laughs> Playing I'm in Love in My Tractor Untruous. by George Untruous Strait. Robot. Yeah, yeah, right. No, unctuous robot. Unctuous is a word, I swear. At least I think it is. I'm talking about that with Carrie Hearn pretty soon. So I... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great, too. And she's already sent me a string arrangement of it. Oh, shit. I was going to look at her music for her. She already let me hear a preview of an instrumental string arrangement of it. I was like, damn, that's real good. But the chord voicing on this one part. I'm like, can I look at it? She's like, oh, yeah, let's look at it. Because we collaborate and like share stuff so much at this point. It's super fun. And I've actually got to meet her in person. Like She's one of the handful of people i met through the podcast and then met in real life so someday yes you know, when we do our live episode in birmingham i don't know <laughs> um you know why why I, I don't know maybe atlanta you know um just looking for excuses next one might be in cleveland actually is what i'm thinking about cleveland because my other my other co-host is there and i have him down for particle man because he's one of those guys that only knows a handful of songs but we're good at talking and we do a round table you know get Maybe Carrie to come down from Grand Rapids. You know, I don't know. We'll see. It's an excuse to just go somewhere else and have fun. Now that the pandemic is over, there were air quotes. <laughs> I'm also interested to hear your doctor's perspective on the whole thing, but that is a whole other podcast. So my mur- so my murder remains. Let's not. My nobody mur- knows. Nobody knows why it's not streaming. I guess I, I don't yeah, have a good right? answer for you. Nobody, nobody knows where COVID came from, and nobody knows why the Johns won't put "My Murdered Remains" right on streaming. Or they, th- they, they might think they know where COVID from. They might think they know why the Johns didn't put it on streaming. And it's money, it's money, but or it's exclusive exclusivity. Like they I didn't want know that it was that kind of podcast. <laughs> they think <laughs> right. They, they th- <laughs> this is the GMBG Business Hour with Greg Simpson. I'm not good at business, but I do know I've been in bands. I am a BMI registered songwriter. I have shit on Spotify. I make like $10 a year off streaming. So I understand why they don't want that. And actually, yeah, I did want to ask you about like you putting out CDs and stuff on Bandcamp because I've been told by management, and I can cut any of this out of that that you want, to not put stuff on Bandcamp. And there was a new terms of service on Bandcamp today, which reiterated cover songs are not allowed unless you paid licensing. Hell, I had Mike Park on from Asian Men Records, who has released vinyl with Dr. Worm on it just like a few years ago, uh, a cover. And in the late 90s, his old ska band, Bruce Lee Band, who are currently together, did a She's an Angel cover. He's like, I don't pay for any of that. I'm like, dude, it's like a big label, like for punk. It's a big, it's a legendary label. How would they not gotten wind of that? Or do they just not care? I don't understand because Pete told me, and this is coming out now. I'm not talking bad on Pete. He's a super nice guy. Super nice guy. He's the guy I deal with. But he's requested that Purple 2 Pay, my other comp, if you went on Bandcamp to, uh, to listen to like the book. Yeah, you sent it uh, to me. 31 covers. Right. Yeah, so you've got Purple 2 Pay, but if you look on Bandcamp, it's not streaming. It's there to buy, and it shows you what the tracks are. You can click on them, look at the info, but you cannot stream it by request of the band. So I'm sneaking this 31 cover. I mean, if you, 
on this might be podcast.bandcamp.com. There's hundreds of songs at this point covered, but the 36 or whatever on Purple to Pay are not streaming i think did i take the uh roman covers off of streaming i think i did because those ones so even though i paid over a thousand dollars to license those purple two pay songs over a thousand dollars he requested i still not put them on Bandcamp. yep roman covers isn't streaming either you can go on spotify apple music title amazon youtube they're everywhere but not Bandcamp because Bandcamp doesn't pay streaming royalties they want those pennies. They want the pennies, the fractions of pennies. I don't know why they think like my little band camp here, like sure, like my Montana cover with Adam has, you know, a couple thousand listens, but that's because he's, he's a famous guy. Um, but I don't know. It's bizarre because like the, the so the my murder remains. It's like oh we got this exclusive thing like our fans. You have you you got to buy it. and they're like yeah I'm special. I own this. But we also want the convenience, right? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, we deserve it. Right. So people like Matt Curtis, a big supporter. He's never been on the show, but a big supporter of the show. It's always plugging the covers projects I do for charities. Always spreading stuff around. Super rad guy. Um, he he loves the Bandcamp app and being able to listen to stuff on the Bandcamp app. And I've been doing that with our new thing on my phone. Super convenient. It's just like another music player on your phone. Can't listen to Purple Toupee. And I've been tr- I'm actually trying to get it on streaming because I paid all this fucking licensing to do the CDs. And the licensing for streaming, I've already paid the digital distribution bundle, which is like $50, um, to tack onto that. And CD Baby is giving me all these problems with the publishing rights. And I'm like, I'm like, there's three publishers. There's TMBG Music is like the BMI name for them. Uh, the one that Flans uses for the one Monopuff song that's on there, Poison Flowers, is like something weird, like Bumblebee Music or something that I don't even understand. Some inside joke probably. And then... There's Noah did Whirlpool, not knowing at first that it was a not a, they might be giant song. It's a Meat Puppets song. Mm-hmm. So theirs is like it's like Meat Puppets music. Like I searched the databases to look at what the publishing name was. It still keeps coming back to me. I've been trying to put it on streaming for like a month and a half, and is really obnoxious. And I forgot to call them today. Uh, they won't even let you call them. Like no, go to our online chat. I'm like no. <laughs> I'm like, it's to the point where I need to make a phone call like a real angry old man that I am. <laughs> anyway. This is Greg on May 24th. It is up on streaming everywhere, including Spotify. If they found out all of a sudden that, ah, I'm going to put Purple to Pan Bandcamp anyway, I'd probably get yelled at. I mean, I don't think they'd like file a lawsuit or something, but the fact that they know of me now... Like, the fact that I've done the courtesy of, like, hey, I'm going to do this. Like, is this cool? Is this cool? Oh, yeah, that's cool if you go through and do the licensing. No problem. Just don't put it on streaming on Bandcamp. You can sell it. Just don't put it on streaming. I'm like, really? What? Oh, they don't pay. You know, people can stream. Nothing goes back to the artist. I mean, nothing goes to us. You're streaming on Bandcamp. You don't get anything for that, right? People I'm selling buy the CDs. on Bandcamp. Right, you're selling on Bandcamp. But when people just listen... You don't get anything. No. Right? 
Right. right. But artists love Bandcamp for many reasons, right? I love Bandcamp. They might be giants. Do not love Bandcamp. If... <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been on the They Might Be Giants do have a band camp now, but it's real old man stuff where it's like, no, you can't listen for free. You have to go to YouTube for that. Like, what? Just let people stream it. Like, you're not like, sure, like Birdhouse has a bajillion views, but like, I mean, I don't know. It's bizarre. I remember hearing you calling me out on your one of your podcasts, and I was kind of like, "Did I? Oh, I'm so sorry." <laughs> no, I know it's nothing that I didn't already know. It was kind of right. like I, I'm sitting here like, right, whatever. I did not. I literally did not expect anyone to buy them or or to get out or anything like mm-hmm. that. And yeah. as it is, besides you, I mean, maybe one other person has bought them. So if they might be giants, once my thirty dollars, whatever, I will. Give them 100% of the proceeds if they want. I'm not going to go through all of these other things. I'm I'm such a small potato. I'm not even a French fry. And I I am too. I mean... You're a much bigger French fry, but... (laughs) I guess. I mean, mean, some people listening might think so, but like, you know, depending on uh, if it's a big name guest or... There's a lot of variables. Like, prepare... Since it's not streaming, a lot of people don't know it. This episode won't get as many listens. I don't know. People should. I mean, there's people that listen to every single one. But people that are clicking through, they're like, oh, Birdhouse. Oh, Statue Got Me High. Oh, and, and you know, or, oh, Justin McElroy's on this one or whatever. Or, oh, Mike Eagle's on this one. Uh, and they'll listen to those. People jump around. There's 180 episodes, right? Yeah. So, like, but I'm getting anywhere from 1,000 to, like, 2,500 downloads an episode which is enough to make me keep going but it's yeah. not like this is not like an iheart radio production whatever npr you know <laughs> serialized podcast right this is serial it's a labor of love we're breaking down the crimes of them not streaming my murdered remains we're gonna <laughs> delve into that i don't know but i don't know should we talk about prepare probably oh uh, yeah let's do it yeah i'm just on their band camp looking at my murdered remains and how i can buy it and not listen to it uh, <laughs> gotta go to YouTube for that, you know, where we get a cent per play. Yeah, so prepare. Prepare for prepare, people. When My Murdered Remains came out, did you think, like, oh, this is B-sides or whatever, this is lesser than, or were you like, this is just as good as I like fun? What were your thoughts, like, overall on the album, and then we'll dive into prepare? I was mesmerized. I mean, yeah. whenever they, whenever the tracks came out, when Tractor came out, I almost lost it. When Necrols <laughs> came out, it was on my birthday, and I was, let's just say I was in a very receptive state for the music, and it just spoke to me. It was, it, yeah. it, it's just such a banger. I love Necrols. To this day, I can't explain it. It's one of my first covers that I did. Uh, oh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the reason I did all did these play, covers, I'm sure I played it on that episode. I'm positive. Yeah, you, you, I, I should. So. I should be keeping probably. track, but I probably did. The reason I did, I started doing these covers, by the way, was not because I wanted to become a cover artist, but I thought <laughs> I had the um, <laughs> I had the conceit that I would produce my own original music, and I yeah. thought. You know, I've been playing. I've been playing all these songs on my guitar and just singing. You know, I have a little microphone stand for I do for karaoke, and I just do kind of live karaoke for myself and my friend. Uh-huh. And I'm like, 
I've been doing all these. I'm just going to lay down this track and see how it sounds, you know, with my, I had the new doll and everything. And I, started, yeah. I was like, wow, it sounded pretty good. And then I, I, I did a few of those. And like by the end of a night, I had like, you know, seven or eight scratch tracks done. And I'm like, well, crap. Now I'm going to have to learn how to play the drums so I can have a drum along with it. <laughs> he thinks he's getting good, but. No, he knows he's not getting good. <laughs> no, you no, you you do fine. Uh, do you play to a click? Random question, just off the. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I was curious because I think when I first heard it. So as a drummer, I mean, probably this is only something that like a lifelong drummer would even notice. But I'm like, like the V drums sound great, and like samples. There's so much stuff you can do with drum machines and samples and stuff in full. 99.9% of people. But as a guy who's not only a drummer, but a guy who records drums constantly, records other people's drums, mixes people's drums, masters, you know, it's it's like, like I don't think those are acoustic drums, <laughs> but they sound like they're played by a human. I think it's electronic drums. So, like, I think, I don't know at what point, what one of your songs, I'd be curious to... I know you haven't listened to every episode, but it'd be funny if you tallied up like the ones, maybe I missed some, but of how many times you've been played. Cause you're up there for the most covered artists. Like definitely it's you, no Daniel, uh, Daryl Till and Carrie Hearn. Like you four are the most like appear the most on the cover section. Just cause I mean, sheer output and it's good. I mean, there are some people I see a lot on YouTube. I mean, obviously I'm not going to call anyone out. I will gladly take any cover, but sometimes like on a song, like statue, for instance, I can't play every cover. Like the episode would right. be like six hours long. Right. Right. So sometimes I got to narrow it down. There may have been an episode or two where like either I didn't find yours for some whatever reason. Bandcamp search feature is kind of weird sometimes. Um, yeah, there were there were a few that I hadn't released yet actually. So there there were a few episodes like you'd, I think maybe you did communist before I'd released them. Um, yeah, yeah. I also record pretty far in advance for the most part. I right. like having a little buffer in case, you know, whatever life thing happens for my guest or me. It's like, oh, I got canceled. It's like, shit, I don't have an episode. You know, I like to have a buffer. Right. So, like, sometimes it'll be like two months ahead. So if you came out with one, be like, why wasn't it on the episode? It's like, well, maybe I recorded it back then, in the past. What are you working on right now? I've actually, uh, this Friday the 13th, I'm going to release another cover album, my last for the time being. It's not going to be all They Might Be Giants. It's only going to okay. be half They Might Be Giants, so your viewers might be, or your what? listeners what? might be interested in half of it. The other half is just just songs that have, have just been in my head, just like, you know, are wormed right in there. Uh, Rattle Rack- them off, come on. Raconteurs songs, Genesis, Bare Naked Ladies. Oh. Ambulance LTD, Silver Sun Pickups, oh. just, you know, a few random tracks. Man, yeah, I haven't thought about Ambulance LTD in a long time. Are they still together? They're not still together, I think they, they just had, like, the one or two albums. I, I don't yeah. think they're together. I just remember them I remember, from... Because they, they came around when I was in college, because yeah. I remember them, because Cara and I had a show at the radio station, and, like, she was the station director for a year, and, like... I remember her coming to home with some like Snow Patrol and some other like TV on the radio and some other bands that were coming out around that time. And I'm like, oh, it's this. I remember being pretty good, but I, I definitely lost track of them. So cool. Like, it's a random smattering. Yeah. I mean, Arthur it's a Valor, random our band. But yeah. The, the Valor, yeah. We have, we have a whole covers album, and Dr. Worm's the only day my Giants cover. I mean, I paid like $800 in licensing on that, too. It didn't go all go to the Johns that time. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, cool. So it's coming out. Uh, it will be out already. Friday the 13th. By the time this episode comes out. So go to, uh, is it guest host or guest dash host? It's just guest, guesthost1.bandcamp.com. I knew there was something else to it. Guest host one. Does someone already have guest host at Bandcamp? Probably. I think so. You should kill them. It you wouldn't should, get me. You should just murder them. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't do a slash, obviously, on a URL without it right. being something else. Right. Well, anywho. So so prepare um, prepare yourself to actually talk about this song. Yes. So, so since you have covered it, and we'll be listening to it later, um, what would you like to talk about first, the lyrical elements or the musical elements? When you're covering a song, it's definitely the musical stuff that you got to get through first. You don't even necessarily have to think about the lyrics to cover a song. But what would you like to discuss first, musical Let's talk or about lyrics? Okay. All right. Um, yeah, well, I mean, let's just start off. What are your, what are your thoughts on, I guess, like an overall theme, if you want to just start it out broadly like that? Yeah. Um, I, one of the reasons I, I like this, this song, both for the music, the music is what really like drove the song into my head, but I yeah. really love the lyrical content because it really speaks to me. Um, like maybe some other people, I find the concept of, you know, aging, losing time, becoming obsolete, uh, you mm. know, passing away, dying, whatever. I find that very uncomfortable. And uh, <laughs> it's it's very it's it's actually freakish that uh, that Linnell now has an entire division of music dedicated to that theme, which has been something that I've, I've I've had kind of in the back of my mind my entire life. Uh, you know, older, um, uh, push back the hands of time, by the time you get this I mean, note. Uh, there's dozens. Uh, let's get this over with. Tick, 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 tick. I mean, it's like four of two. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's just, there's the so yeah. many songs. With but if this you made a playlist theme, of them, you couldn't have tick, 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 or this on it. Uh, on Spotify. <laughs> curse I'm you, keep Spotify. On that. Until Pete listens. Now, he's listened to the podcast. He doesn't listen to it all the time. But when someone told on me about something, he's who, who shall not be named. And we got in trouble for playing something. I had to re-edit an episode. Anyway, he's heard the show, but he's not like listening to every episode being like, oh, I, g- I got him. <laughs> but hey, Pete, if you're listening, put tell them to put it on freaking streaming. Come on. So the aging thing. Yeah, aging and death, like John Linnell, to get in his head, like, my God, just to have the songwriting skills, but, like, he's always talking about, oh, I need something new to write about. Clearly, he really doesn't, because he could write, he could write a whole album, like, forget state songs, well, don't forget state songs, he should do the rest of those, <laughs> but he could do a solo album about just, like, Damn it, I'm old now. Like that could be the title of the album, and every <laughs> song could be about getting old, dying, reanimating your corpse. I don't know, you know, for the for the 2060 tour, or whatever the shirt is with the skeletons, right. right? Like the whole album could be that theme, like a concept album, which they've really never done. Yeah, they could they could both do a concept album about aging, and I'd be like, these are all awesome. Like I wouldn't be like, why is every song about being old? Like because that's just something they've been doing. 
since they were in their 30s. It's so interesting that Linnell is the one who who picks up on all that, and Flanzy just like, nah, this, that he <laughs> wouldn't write about that. He's the silver fox. He's like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm wearing blazers now. Like, you I got know, my sport Nobody knows coats. how old I am. Yeah, exactly. Actually, right. it was just yeah. your birthday. We do. Uh, <laughs> It's like, yeah, I just had surgery, but it's because I'm so young. <laughs> you know, his, his uh, carpal tunnel. Right. Get well soon, Flans. He just turned, how, did he just 62? turn 62? 62? I, I read 62. I don't, okay. I didn't no, I believe confirm you. it. I believe you. I'm, I'm just going off of the title track, right? At the age of 58. Right. <laughs> 62 years ago right because that came out four years ago yes yeah okay 62 uh-huh yeah um wait was so, yeah. he already was he was he singing in advance of i just realized like that um came out in january yeah i think he was he hadn't turned 58 no, yeah, yeah. Yet. he hadn't i noticed that he was too. like i'll he was like i'll cut he's like so then it won't be a wrong lyric for you know i'll get a jump on it i don't know <laughs> uh anyway so yeah the aging thing prepare for a second from now just it like really ups it a notch. Like you could picture them doing an identical video to the older video where they're in front of the huge clock, right? Or they're like in the clock mm-hmm, tower or mm-hmm. whatever that is, in right? In Brooklyn, yeah. Uh, for Brave New World, for a second from now, like the se- like the second hand just going, comb your hair and compose yourself. I mean, you can imagine this being a video with the Johns in it, which we don't get enough of these days. Um, right. The Johns actually being in a video. Like I would, and they don't do literal videos, though. In older, no. they were in front of a clock. There's just like so many cool things, and the video for this is cool and trippy. But like a John's video for this song, Oof. yeah. I mean, I feel like we kind of had so that good. with by the time you get this. True, true. And if you haven't listened to my Alex Italics episode, I have. It was fantastic. Oh my I god, I really enjoyed that uh, that whole anecdote. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, the whole thing about like getting those people out of the house so they could get in the house right. and film the, it. The time like, crunch they were in. Yeah. Uh, see, killer. this is the kind of stuff. Yeah, that like bands of they might be giants level. Like they got they can get shit done. Like they got some, <laughs> they got status. They got veteran status, but they're not like the hot shots that. I mean, even when they were on Electra, they were like the weird band on Electra. There were lots of weird bands on Electra. Electra was a really cool label for a long time. Um, but, like, they can get stuff done, but still we'll have to deal with stuff like that. <laughs> and Alex, like, just, like, oh, I just make videos, like, just for yucks, basically. I'm like, really? Your videos are amazing. Oh, yeah, I work for Netflix. I'm like, <laughs> you know, Obviously it's like. Bandcamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flans needs to get a summer job at Bandcamp. And he's like, maybe we should put our stuff on here. <laughs> like it's like they're giving me the employee discount and they're giving me extra they're giving me streaming fees for me only um so there's so many great little couplets in this song and it's really well it's really not a whole lot of yeah there's some rhyming in this song i was just looking for good rhymes which is a fun thing to find flan songs in particular he likes to rhyme really weird words Mm -hmm. he'll come up with like i've never used this word before but i need something to rhyme yeah with do and you can only go do and you so many times but like yeah the next second won't be anything like the current one we won't know how it's going to be till a second is done 
Yeah, those. That, I mean, those those thing those those get me whenever I whenever I heard those the first few times. I think in addition to the the lyrics is Linnell's vocal performance is yeah. is particularly nuanced for this for me. How he's he's kind of relaxed and open a lot of times, and then he mm-hmm. strains when he's he pushes on those rising phrases. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that just like chills. Yeah. It really is. And sometimes I wonder about just being, I mean, so you weren't, were you, I mean, were you in any rock bands or anything when you were younger? Like high school? Uh, very, un, very unsuccessful ones. Very. Yeah, well, well, still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, I actually, um, a few, about three or four years ago, I came across an old cassette from my band, well, not my, my friend Robbie's band, Gosh Guys, the guy who got me into it. Um, yeah. Our 1990 album Wooden Grapes and it has a cover oh! of Anna Ang on it. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> from 1990. Can you rip it and we play it on this episode right here? Yeah. Um it sounds <laughs> Dude, terrible. I would love to hear it. It sound it, it's it's I'll really remaster. faded, <laughs> but I will definitely send it to you. was on statue he secured statue got me high somehow i don't know how he snagged that one i met him pretty early on in the in the podcast is going i guess well not that early i didn't know whose hands it was on the video for a long time like astro b who's that um somehow he got statue he i think he said it was his very first mmp giants recording he has put it up on soundcloud too like he did a cover of that back when he still had hair hi daryl he hasn't had hair for a long time, I don't think. It was, you know, early, yeah, early 90s. And he was like, he had gotten a four track. And like, it's like, it sounds so perfectly of that era. And I did cassette recordings onto a four track, onto an eight track. So I'm prepared for whatever's coming at me, man. Like, I 
don't judge. I, I love lo-fi stuff, especially when it's like, we're kids, we're trying hard to make this sound good, but due to the technology, money, whatever, you know, technical know-how, it sounds like this. I love it. That's just amazing. Like, I would love to hear this. And if you'll allow it, I will put it into the episode because this sounds... I will uh, send. I'm excited. I will yes. send. Yes, yes, yes. So, back, <laughs> anyway, back to prepare. I mean, it all kind of comes back to, again, you know, the aging thing. You think back to yourself as a young rock and roller. Huh. Right? A young rock and roller. Um, I think about the recording process for a song like Prepare, and I, I wonder if... The My Murdered Remains songs got a little less studio time than the I Like Fun songs. These are things that occur to me, like, as a producer, okay? So, like, you talk about his vocal performance, and I'm wondering if he's getting, like, that stuff that you love is because Flans is like, okay, so we got to get, like, eight more vocal tracks done in an hour. No, <laughs> you know, it's probably not right. that cramped, right? They, they, they... <laughs> The way they have their own label now, and they're kind of like, it's all kind of in-house. But still, you know, time is money. So I'm wondering if, like, the I Like Fun songs, you know, they knew, like, that was going to come out right at the beginning of the year. That's the album. I'm wondering if, like, the CD didn't need to be released until December. Are they, like, throwing vocals on these things at the last second before the YouTube upload? Because I know from Victor Fitzsimmons that stuff, like, uh, it said something... He only had two weeks to animate that video. Right. It's crazy. So, like, now was I, Flans it, like, it seems you know, like, Flans like, hey, we got to do vocals on that. Victor's doing the animation. We got to get this shit done because it's we got this YouTube schedule. It's going up. Put the vocals on. Get the animation. there. To, I mean, Victor, he had the song to animate to, obviously. So that's not, you know, I'm just, you know, making up a, a fictionalized story. But this is in the back of my mind, like, his vocal performance is cool and kind of raw and a little, I wouldn't quite say unhinged, but it is like, I mean, it's punk rock. Like the the emotion conveyed in, in it, not that he doesn't do that in a well-honed, sheened, whatever, on Birdhouse or whatever. On this wiki page that the song was recorded in 2015... And it was actually originally recorded for Nanobots. Oh yeah, Nanobots. Nanobots. So, okay, good point. I don't good know point. If, I, if this I'm would off fall of that under page. that um, under that category if it was from 2015. Yeah. Okay, good point. Yes, I I do remember looking at that, but now I'm looking at the lyrics tab and had forgotten already about that trivia. Yeah, Nanobots. I mean, what are your thoughts on Nanobots? I mean, if this were a Nanobots song, do you think it should have been a Nanobots song, or would you rather that they were just like? Because now it really feels like a B-side. I mean, it it is a B-side to Nanobots that they just clumped onto here, like, you know, Tesla 2468, and all right. the, you know, just No Cops was from that, that era. I, you know, I, I kind of like it. What do you think? I like it where it is. I like it as uh-huh. a, as a uh-huh. more Murder Remains song, my Murder Remains song. Um, yeah. It's, it really shines in, for me, in my Murder Remains and it kind of stylistically has a lot more to do with that. Uh, Nanobots, for me, is kind of a pendulum that swings back and forth. There's songs that are just like, totally nail it, and songs are kind of like, okay, that was a choice. And then, you know, it's kind of like... Yeah, that's why I love it. It's it's the mink car of its decade. It's like once a decade, they put out an album that's just like all over the map. And those are my favorites. And then there's the spine. No, I'm just kidding. I just got to keep digging into the spine because people think I hate it. I don't. 
It's just not my favorite. It's too much like another rock band. I don't know. It's like, hey, guys, let's write a power pop album. Okay. They knock it out of the park. But where's, you know, even like Black Ops or something, like a song that I'm not crazy about, they went for it in that direction. Sounds like nothing else in their catalog, let alone on that album. I love that they did it. It might not be my favorite song, but as a part of Nanobots, essential, right? That's why I love Nanobots. Like, maybe people would think differently if, if they grouped the Nanobot, the Nano songs like Fingertips or something. Maybe it would become like everyone's new favorite thing. Hey, they played the entire Nano songs at the show. Can you believe they pulled that off? If it wasn't for that tick, you know, they brought out a grand, you know, a upright, an upright piano and everyone huddled around the upright for tick. Uh, and then they did tick, 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 tick. No, I mean, <laughs> uh, and then they did all the songs about age. I mean, I don't know. There's just so many things about this band. And I think uh, a lot of layers, I mean, the reason, a lot of layers. And the reason we're getting on so many tangents is because you, uh, I mean, you know the band inside and out as well. You not ask the questions. My, not that most of my guests don't. Well, it's, you know, I don't consider this an interview show, even with the more famous people, though. I, yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk over anybody. But as far as prepare goes, do you have, I mean, do you have favorite lines? Is there like a favorite particular line or a couple, or, or a couple of lines that really get you? Uh, there's there's another thing about the the whole background about prepare and that mm-hmm. is is that it's kind of at the same time faux serious and also uh, a little absurd, a little surreal, because mm-hmm. he's talking about you know this this great event, and then he says prepare for a second from now, and it's just like why why did he choose that why did why did Linnell choose that measure of time why did <laughs> why does he spend this entire song how it's like second is in this song like fourteen times. Maybe, yeah. maybe more like 20 times. Why right. Why did he make it a second from now? Why did he, you know, it, it, was it that something was about to happen in that second? Or is it that every second is something that we have to prepare for? That That's something yeah. that, that's kind of concerned hmm. me, that maybe there's, you know, there's, there's some uh, ambiguity there that, that maybe yeah. I, I still yeah. haven't quite grasped. Yeah, I mean... There is <laughs> prepare for a second from now. There's 174 seconds in the song, <laughs> so <laughs> he's preparing a lot. Yeah, right. I mean, like the fact that he's singing, like prepare for a second from now. It's it, you know, it's two minutes and two minutes and 54 seconds. So like, I don't know. Something's just really funny about that, and I think. I think it's almost just like Linnell's sense of humor, which has crafted probably my sense of humor as much as any comedian. Right. You know, the Johns, right? Their sensibilities and their aesthetic, right? There's no way, like, it's seeped into just my, I don't even realize it. Because um, something about it, it's funny to me. Like, it's a very kind of menacing song, but it's that dark comedy that the Johns are great at. You know, they're not a joke band, they're not quirky, all these things that we're not supposed to say. But it is funny. Prepare for a second from now. By the time he says now, it's already the next second. It's two seconds. You know, you're already there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, so if you're it, listening to this song as a warning, you're like, whoops, too late. So does that mean that there is 
some sort of like uh, catastrophe that is about to happen. Maybe. Um, and that he's yeah. like dilating time. He he has this one second before it happens. Maybe like a worldwide virus will blip out every every computer and everything <laughs> that the that our entire society has, and it will cast us all back into some kind of strange dark age. And maybe he's just dilating that, that one second <laughs> yeah, and, and right. saying, "Okay, we all know this is going to happen. Everything's mm-hmm. going to be totally different." I'm going to have to, you know, we're going to have to start farming our food from now on because some some kind of strange digital dark age has has arrived. Digital I don't know. Maybe, that, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I thought you were going to say he discovered COVID-15. Right. From, tw- from I mean, 2015, right? He wrote the song. He knew about it. He knew. Why didn't he warn us? Well, he was trying to warn us in the song. <laughs> I just, prepare I didn't for four years from now <laughs> right <laughs> prepare for four years from now it'll start coming but you won't know till about four and a half five years from now um oh my god i mean how does it not affect just everything in every i teach you know i teach in an elementary school our principal currently has covid again she's probably bleep, bleep that out she won't listen um my principal at one school had covid last week now the other one has it it's going to, I mean, if the principal has it, I mean, she's wow. not in front of kids, but she's around the school in every building. They're administering, I learned tests. My drummer at the school today, I'm like, oh, why isn't your brother here? Oh, he's sick. I'm friends with his mom. I find out it's because he's got COVID. Like, it's it's taking a while to get out to these rural areas. Like, every every really? strain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Every strain. Like, we didn't have a COVID death till... I want to say, like, 2020, we're talking maybe June, and it was just, like, one old guy who was already very sick. Yeah. Um, well, that's, it that's just unfortunate. Yeah, well, it's because it's not a touristy area. It's not even a place you would drive through. I mean, like I said, it's... Uh, it's really off the beaten path rural area, and, I, you know, I love it there. I love my farm kids. Um, but, like... There's no huge truck stop. There's no big mall. There's no, I mean, I don't know. What do people go to these days? I don't know. There's like, there's not things that are bringing people from out of state to that town. The town that I'm talking about, there was a school at today. The population is 350 people, right? Mm-hmm. And the other town I teach has like eight, uh, like 1,200 people, right? Very small. There is not a stoplight in the entire county. <laughs> Pine Village has one stop sign. We're talking real small. I grew up in the Chicago Burbs, so it's like crazy to me that mm-hmm. think like like what your town is three hundred fifty. You mean three hundred fifty thousand? Oh, just three hundred fifty. <laughs> Wait, are you sure? Right. I mean, <laughs> there's one of each grade at the elementary, except for fourth grade. There's two. So my drummer's sick. You know, I'm. I know everyone's parents be like. Oh, how's Noah doing? Yeah, he's got COVID. I'm like, shit, it's coming. It's coming mm. for rural Warren County, Indiana. Stay safe. By the time this episode airs, there'll Stay probably well. be like entire classes being out again. Like, it's just, well, and they're not going to go back to masks. It is way too conservative in that area. Yikes. Yeah. I'll go back to masks, but what good is it when I got kids? It's just in front of me. The entire school comes through my room in one day. Mm-hmm. I'm fucked. I've already had it between my two vaccines and the booster. 
You didn't know it was this kind of podcast. Um, <laughs> it is this kind of podcast, apparently. <laughs> this might be a COVID podcast. But again, it affects everything. So Linnell was trying to warn us about COVID, I guess is what we're getting at. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Prepare. that qualifies. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, hell, I'm like, hey, my, I saw that drummer on Friday. Prepare for a couple days from now. You might have COVID because you just saw this kid. I don't know. You know, he sat next to me while I showed him his drum part for Smoke on the Water. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah. So what... I know we shouldn't be on so many tangents, but what in, in so many words, what kind of... Uh, I mean, what, what, what field are you in um, as far as... What? Doctoring goes. I'm a radiologist. Radiologist, because you did tell me, and then I was blanking. Um, I mean, that's that's a whole other thing. And you, I mean, you contributed to, you know, my fundraiser for Garrett. We raised, you know, for, thank you for contrib- you contributed three songs. We raised 750 bucks in a weekend. That seems pretty good. That's right? good. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah, man. That, that's it's awesome. Like the overhead is way lower for that than for them for purple toupee because I snuck it past the management. Sorry, we sold it. Uh, didn't pay licensing. Uh, cut that out. Um, but so you've co- you covered three songs on there. People should go and buy it. I might as well plug it while we're talking about it. If you haven't gotten it already, buy it. Uh, like the Bandcamp Friday was the big push. Um, right now it's streaming for free. Pay what you want. Um, but the money will go to them forever because that is the kind of stuff that. A decade from now, mom will probably still be like trying to recoup costs, like because you got living expenses on top of that, and you got medical debt for forever for something that expensive, right? Insurance, even with insurance. So, uh, people should go by this might be a podcast app, bandcamp.com, 31 covers. Uh, and Joel here did, uh, there will be sad, um, a cover of a cover with Buckle Down Winsaki and. Super cool. This thing came and super cool. Yes, this thing came together so quick. The super cools all just flooded in all at once, which was pretty. <laughs> they did, didn't which, they? Which was super cool. Yeah, you and Eclipse, like same day. You're like, hey, here's super cool. Cool. Uh, yeah, people should go buy that. And when you covered Prepare, which we will listen to in not too long, when you were covering it, you had to learn the ins and outs of the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, your your cover, it's got your own guest host style. But you didn't go, like, death metal on it, right? So you had to kind of figure out what the Johns are doing. Musically, what was the biggest challenge for you about this song? Let's start there. Well, the, th- the biggest challenge for me is also one of the things that really drove me to the song, the drums. Mm. The, the, the rolling snare during the, during the, um, uh, the, the verses. Yeah, that that absolutely kills me, because mm-hmm. that contrasts with just the, um, there's just the going ape on the symbols for the for the conclusion of the chorus, and mm-hmm. that those contrasts really just brought Linnell's lyrics and his vocal performance, like I was talking about, his vocal performance for me was just. If you know, if you put it in by itself, I'd be like, "Oh, wow, that's really cool." And then yeah. reading the, through the lyrics, I'm like, "Wow, the lyrics, yeah, are, they're really deep. I'm still figuring them out." But when you contrast it with the the instrumental track, which that for me, the full band has been doing that to me more and more. It's been 
drawing me into the music and it's been bringing out things about the music that I'm like even more mesmerized by. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. what what drew me to the song that was really it and that's really the most challenging thing. Also it's what I'm worst most worst at instrumentally speaking. <laughs> <laughs> so it took a fair amount of practice to even to to knock it into the shape that I was able to, but it was it was a lot sure. of fun. Last time I I re I, I listened to it recently after not uh working on it for a few months and I was like, "No, I got to re-record those." And I did it and I was like, "Okay, that's for me that's pretty good and it it didn't take a, a million takes this time so i'm like I, I must be getting a little bit better i mean god bless digital recording right i mean right you were around in the days of recording like you're going straight to that cassette like even just like maybe just putting out a boom box right and just playing into it that's right? what we did yeah right we would art yeah before we even went to four track in school when we were originally playing right three Three guys in my garage, you know, playing like When I Come Around by Green Day or something, right? And we would put the boombox outside the garage door. So the volume had a little bit of filter deadened through the garage door. Neat. Right? I mean, sure, you're losing high end on that. You're losing those crisp eyes. <laughs> those crisp eyes. <laughs> it sounded like ass. <laughs> but when we would listen back we were like we're pretty good like, no no you're not no you just got your drum set three months ago you're not good yet okay <laughs> keep working on it keep working i mean i'd already played trombone our bass player played trombone our guitarist said guitar was his first instrument but like so there was some you know musical background there but still we were you know 13 you know what i'm talking about so now, okay, so the drums, yeah, it's not an easy drum part. And I will tell you, as a drummer who's played for a long time now in many types of bands and drummed on many of them with Giants covers, that, like, that constant, those 16th notes with the accents on the backbeat, like, around the quarters, that kind of train coming down the track kind of thing uh-huh. is exhausting. Uh-huh. I mean, because he's doing it at the tempo it's at, it's definitely single stroke. It's like if it were like ten clicks faster, it would almost be easier. You know, for a seasoned drummer who could do double strokes, mm-hmm. do you do double double strokes at all? Do you even worry not about in, that? It, yeah, but uh, I did it for yeah. I did dub, double for Icky especially, but not for the, okay, not yeah. for this one. Mm-hmm. I did the, just a right, right, left, right. All right, yeah. See, there you go. Yeah, you're you're yeah. See, you're legit, man. You're doing double strokes. I mean, most hell, it depends what genre you play, genre you play in. Might not even fucking even think about it. Which is like, I don't need to know that. Just muscle it out, right? But that that tempo, it's tiring. Mm-hmm. If you got to go to double strokes, like, like it would almost be easier uh, or less tiring at least. But it's you got to muscle through that, and it, there's no way around it. Like it's too slow. It's not slow, but it's too slow to double stroke that. Um, that sounded sexual. It's. Too- <laughs> It's too slow to double stroke, man. You got you got to go triple stroke. You got to do buzz roll on that. It, clearly, it's late. So the the core progression though ain't nothing to sneeze at either. I'm looking at it no, right yeah. now, and I've I, I've never I, strummed strummed through it. But what were I mean? So fuck, I did the arpeggio. A B piano. diminished, like any. Yeah, what's it? I did I I I did the arpeggiated uh, piano. Uh-huh. I think they yeah. do it on the guitar. 
I, I wasn't willing to try it on the guitar. That, that yeah, I mean, look mind. at those chords, right? It's yeah. so clearly a Linnell song. Like, there's nothing, you know, like, hitting you in the face about, like, oh, you know, A minor, C, whatever, D, those are basic chords. But the, the rate that they're coming at you, and, yeah, I mean, that B diminished chord that's coming every time around, like... Who puts a dimin like what pop rock band puts a diminished chord that comes it's part of the main progression like usually that's something like you'll hear in like a Bowie song or a Beatles song or so I mean a lot of people use them but it's like for emphasis or like some weird and then it goes to something else right um, you know like where's just the, the B minor it's like no right. it's gotta be diminished right so the um, uh, at the hold duh. your breath here it comes part the uh -huh. that was the that part took me quite a few takes d minor f diminished a minor seven c diminished f a minor v, uh, d sharp yeah. diminished e7 i i was cursing linnell's name after right. running through oh that, man like about 50 I still, times oh i I've, I've mentioned this song before climbing the walls i still haven't done the episode on clearly i need to round up um alistair to 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 finally do that one i've covered it tons of times on my old synthesizer with uh, the Exquisite Dead Guys, who, I mean, we even have a Facebook page. We do covers sporadically. One of the guys lives in fucking Virginia now, so it's whatever, you know. We do it from afar. We did uh, Dinner Bell for uh, Purple Toupee, and it was totally goofball stuff. But, like, we would, do, we would do Climbing the Walls at, like, an open mic night, and I'd lug my synth down there, and we'd play it. And I'm like, this song makes total sense under my fingers. And our guitarist just like... Why, 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 like, why are you doing this to me, like, the mm -hmm. whole time? And, like, yeah, I mean, but he's kind of guy that's, like, a folky classic rock kind of guy, so he's not, like, he's, like, power chords, you know, that's cheating, right? So he's doing open and bars, like, everything, and that's song... chords, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know, yeah, like, because I'm like, oh, my fingers just moved down the keys. <laughs> and he's like, I did, mine doesn't work like that. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about, because you play everything on your covers, yes. you're layering it all, mm -hmm. I've done the same thing, I love it, but you'll be like, this was written by a piano player, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's so obvious, Yeah. and you'll be like, oh, number three, that was written by a guitar player, it's like A, E, you know, whatever. Linnell will do it too, like even like the, yeah, I can't remember the dream. It's a wild thing, right? Mm -hmm. But it's got those weird twists that Alex and I discussed. It's like a mm -hmm. weirdly weird length. I mean, the melody is complex. There's always something complex. He's never just going to go brute, you know, strength, power chords, whatever. There's always something. But that chord progression you just mentioned is nuts. That was a nightmare for me. But That's sonically, bonkers. I love it. Sonically, I, I love it so much. And I, I figured out that kind of... That my approach to the music that I'm doing nowadays is really, it kind of it's a representation of my life. It's that everything that I see that's a, a, a that's an extra extra difficult challenge, mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to go for. That uh, that is the the thing that's just like, okay, I have got it. <laughs> that's what I have to go for. You're a radiologist, man. I'm married to a professor. I know what you guys do. I know what you, how your brains work. Because you're like, oh. This would be fucking hard. Let's do it. <laughs> like, what's the hardest? Three hundred page can book do? with ninety <laughs> references. Sure, uh, I'll knock that out yeah. in the next eighteen months. Yeah. So yeah, my wife's published too. It's like I don't understand how you guys do it. I mean, I want to pitch a thirty-three and a third 
on Modest Mass, Lonesome Crowded West. There's already a flood book. You know, I've talked to Alex. I'm actually talking um, to Elizabeth, the other writer of the flood, 33 and 3rd, um, about um, Become a Robot. I've got Unctuous Robot and Become a Robot are back to back. But, like, I, you know, I thought about pitching a mink car. But, like, even th- those are, like, 100, 150 pages. Like, they're, they're slim. I don't know if you've read any of those. They're yeah, fun because yeah. it's a nice little yeah. read. They're a tiny book. They're portable, right? They're fun. You know, I like those. But like the book my wife wrote, like, I mean, it was 10 years in the making. Like it's. I looked at it. Like I just can't fathom. I'm just like, I'm going to talk for two hours. Take me two hours to edit. Done. Right. That. And then the next week, do it again. Right. You know, it's not. Now you do. You do a lot of hard work. I can tell it's hard work. Yeah. It, I, <laughs> it is. But it's super fun, you know, and it's same my pajamas. So. I'll tell you, last Thursday, putting out that covers album, like, I was mastering, because I had a gig Thursday night. I don't know if I told you that. Cause I don't think I was so. Telling, I should put you, do you want me to put you in the main covers crew thread? Because I tell everyone my schedule in advance. Yeah. In, in that thread. Okay. Because yeah, I have sure. a spreadsheet where I just, like, as I get something booked, like, I'm already booking into August, like, post my Spain trip. Um, so if you want to cover Chip the Chip. Okay. By August 4th, by August 4th, you know, it's just go nuts, you know. So it's just whoever wants to, you know, if you're available, people submit a cover. If they don't, you know, no Daniels just throwing at throwing me at constantly, constantly just throwing me covers. Um, anyway, so I'll, I'll get you later about that. But as far as, uh, yeah, the amount of work that goes into, I mean, help us, co- you know, covering this song. It was probably easier, like, for Linnell with his, like, genius songwriter brain. It was probably, you know, writing this, he wasn't like, oh, these chords are hard. He, like, he probably <laughs> he probably kicked out this chord progression in, like, 20 minutes. He probably had the whole thing, right? Yeah. And then he honed it, maybe edited it, whatever. I'm not going to say he's, like, some crazy, like, okay, there's an instant song. But, like, he wouldn't write a chord progression that he couldn't play. I mean, songwriters do like to challenge themselves. I remember I wrote a song when I was still very early on as a front man coming from drums up to the guitar. I wrote a song where uh, the chorus started on D minor because I hated D minor chords. And so I forced myself by writing a song, forced myself to play by starting the chorus on it. So the song was in C. So it started on the chorus started on the two. I'm like, this is kind of cool. And I forced myself to play D minors, and that made me get a D minor. So, like, you know, I guess there's exceptions. But for him, especially on piano, D minor, easy, right? Mm-hmm. F diminished, okay. Moving between them, though. Yeah, yeah. It, for me, it was speed, the movement at, at, at really high speed. I mean, it's only like two beats of a chord, isn't it? Yeah, it's bonkers. It's bonkers. Yeah, it's wacky. Um, okay, so I think we're. If there's anything else on the arrangement to talk about, I mean, there's no credits tab on here. I don't know if I should be. This is the booklet. I mean, I figured if the booklet by Murray Remains said anything, it would be on the credits. See, I feel like some of these songs get the shaft, but even the book songs don't have credits on them yet, and those are. I don't know. I guess there isn't anything wacky with the arrangement on this. There isn't like any flugelhorn or some shit, right? So I, I guess it. there isn't anything with the arrangement that's too wacky. It's no. pretty much just like a rock, you know, keyboard-driven rock song, you know, guitar, the usual setup for the quintet, right? Yeah. Right? 
Am I am I forgetting anything? No, I, I no. don't. I don't hear anything else besides the usual setup. So then, yeah. If there's anything else to prep us for your cover, uh, do you want to play yours first or as the third one? Uh, you can play it last, I guess. Okay, so let's save it to last. Um, I need to grab my power cord real quick. Um, give me thirty seconds. <laughs> Yo, 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 you know, while I don't know why my, my desktop for some reason, the internet is moving really slowly. I had clicked on the trivia, um, the citation on the trivia for the thing about nanobots and I clicked away from the tab. I just clicked back. I'm like, Oh, did that thing load yet? And there is a tweet for people who want to go look for it. I mean, on the wiki, the little number one. Is academics know? So you click that, it takes you to the tweet by the Mumpy Giants that has a picture of Marty uh, in a chair by um, the mixing board and Linnell with a laptop sitting, you know, he's just chilling, listening, doing probably something else while he's listening on the couch. Last official day of tracking for the new album. And this is uh, November 27th, 2012. Last official day of tracking for the new album. Today's songs... Prepare, Insect Hospital, Black Ops, and Too Tall Girl. Hmm. Yeah. Now when it says tracking, I don't know, that is Marty sitting there. I mean, I think he's making a weird face, and it's kind of a grainy photo, but I'm pretty sure it's Marty, unless uh, there's someone else working there that looks a lot like Marty. Looks like Marty to me. Um <laughs> Like, what were they tracking that Marty was still around? Because it always seems like, I mean, the last thing you'd be tracking would be the vocals in most situations. So, I don't know. But Prepare is up there with Insect Hospital, Black Ops, and Two Tall Girl, which are all full songs. None of those are nano songs. Um, so, I don't know yeah. why Prepare got the shaft. Someone should ask him on Tumblr. I uh, didn't think to do it before this episode. Maybe that's nobody's business but the nanobots. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Prepare for a second from now when we cut this song from the album. <laughs> oh, prepare. Dissed. Uh, prepare to be dissed. So the first cover I think we should do is the the one that you sent me. Well, okay. Who's the user on that one? The, the uploader. Did you hear this cover? Prepare. Prepare. Deceit. 100.bandcamp.com
did you were you looking or had you are were you looking for this episode or were you already aware of that this cover oh i was looking for the episode i yeah, i knew okay. that you are an infinite source of covers and you probably already knew it so uh when i sent it to you i was kind of surprised that i actually yeah hadn't seen it well the clip that this podcast goes at I'm lucky, like, I got you your email way short notice from what I would have liked to. Like, if if we were doing, like, a flood song, there's no way I would have waited to the last second because the amount of research that goes into those freaking flood songs, just by sheer, like, necessity, like, there's so much history, there's maybe a dial a song, maybe there's another demo, maybe there's a couple versions, maybe there's an official live version, maybe there's some bootleg that's cool. There's so much that goes into it. This song, I was like, I'll look for covers like in, during the weekend, and then it's sun, and then like you sent that to me. And I'm like, oh, cool, he already found. <laughs> I'm like, oh, prepare, there won't be that many. I'll just glance around. Um, it says and, a user is from Albania. Oh, shit. that's the first band camp from someone from Albania that I've heard. So, Who yeah, knows? they also released an album called Rock On Baby. Triple exclamation point, baby spelled wrong. In December of 1904. 1904. And by the way, that consists of a 30 second synth clip of like a dance beat. <laughs> I gotta find this person, Steve Lyre in Albania. Steve Lyre. Uh, when you guys use your stage names, I don't know who you are for the longest time. I didn't know your name. I had to ask Ekalemchi to get your real name. <laughs> I heard. Like, whenever that was. Like, yeah. six months ago, right? Okay, so you've been listening. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, oh, I knew that already. I'm like, how did you know that? Because you said it on the goddamn podcast. <laughs> oh, right. Um, yeah. I don't, what episode was that? I was like, I know this guy's name finally. <laughs> uh, what I guess episode? The, Do you remember? The TMBS flood <laughs> episode, maybe? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I think he told me there, and then I forgot, and then I had to ask him again. I'm like, wait, was it guy's <laughs> There's just so many... I mean, you've seen my spreadsheet. There's just... It's impressive. I've met so many awesome people through this. It gets hard to keep track. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a music teacher that has, between two schools, you know, 300 students. I have so many names in my brain, like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I'm lucky to know people's first names, let alone last names. Um, you're the only yellow. It's I got... You know, you're the only... I think you might be the only Joel on the spreadsheet. Yes. Got a couple Lydia's. Yeah, you know, I got tons of Alex's. Tons. Alexi. I don't know what it is. Alexi's really like, they might be giants. I mean, what do you make of this 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 uh, cover by this mysterious fellow who's uploaded two things, period. Two things, and one of them is a prepare cover with an odd, crudely drawn Batman something for the cover art. What do you make of this? Um, well, I, I guess, I don't know. Is there a rule of the internet that says if there's a They Might Be Giant song, there is an 8-bit synth cover of it? You know? I mean, they're real. Stuff? They're real common. Not necessarily, yeah, but not necessarily for the new stuff. Not, definitely for the classic stuff. Well, I mean, for one, there's a dude. Well, I haven't had him on the podcast. There's a guy who covered the entirety of Flood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In chiptune, right? Yep. And they're all pretty good. Um, but they're like, even like, again, I come back to Twisting. That episode, um, 
something about that song like they've played it live so many times it's been like a staple like a flans rocker to like get a set going or whatever it's really popular <clears throat> as it should be uh with the fans despite not being a single it had i think i had like three 8-bit versions to choose from like i'm used to having to narrow down like guitar covers where it's like you know here's sapphire bullets strummed by some guy on an acoustic guitar mm-hmm I love all They Might Be Giants covers. Anyone who loves They Might Be Giants enough to pick up their guitar and learn a song, God bless. But, like, when there's, like, eight of just, like, some white dude strumming a guitar, you know, there's, like, a lot of us white dudes strumming a guitar on the internet. There's a lot of us. But how many of them are from Albania? <laughs> right. Well, he's not strumming a guitar. He's right. he's doing some chipping. MIDI keys here. He's chipping. He's right? chipping. Um, I've had a... I've had a years-long dream to actually, like, I got my old Game Boy from my mom. I have my NES, my SNES. I want to do, like, real, like, I don't know. Would you call it analog chiptune? I mean, it's digital. I don't know. You know, actual doing it, like, the original way. Call me old school like that. Hasn't happened. <laughs> so this this will satisfy me for now. But if someone can one-up and do a They Might Be Giants cover of something, some song I haven't done yet, and have a YouTube of them, like a video of them actually doing the shit, you know, with Game Boys attached. I've seen a guy do it live at our weird artsy venue. Super cool. Not doing They Might Be Giants covers, but if someone could do that, fuck, I will pay you. You will you'll come on the episode and tell me about it, and you will be our first paid guest. Uh, not even Justin McElroy made any money off of this show. Um, <laughs> hell, he donated to this show. He actually made a quite a sizable donation to Garrett's, uh, like just straight up gave PayPal me money that I gave to his mom. Very generous to you. Anyway, this, I, I really like this and I like a good instrumental cover. Uh, I especially used to look for him when, uh, I used to have, I guess, enough spare seconds to like put in. Uh, like I used to use selectionists, speaking of my murder mains, as like the credits music, right? Mm -hmm. You can find this might be a podcast, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized I ripped through the credits in like 10 seconds. So what's the point? But I'd be like, I need an instrumental song. I need something instrumental. So hearing instrumental versions of songs is something cool to me. It's like you go to like a hip, you know, sushi restaurant or something. And you're like, what is that song playing? Oh, that's a string quartet version of Heart Shaped Box or whatever. You know, you're like, you're like, that sounds so familiar. It's hunting high what the and hell? low. What? <laughs> right. And you're listening for like three minutes. You're like, what is this song? Oh, you know that kind of thing. I mean, obviously, right here, it's just right in front of us. But I love a cool instrumental cover that is like really different from the original. Where you're like, I know this melody. Do 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 do. Like, what is it? It's on tip my tongue. You know that kind of thing. I like it a lot. So, Steve Lyre, ain't no lie. I dig your epic cover. Prepare. I'm just full of dad jokes tonight. I guess. <laughs> I dig it. So yeah, thanks for sending that to me, Joel. Because uh, yeah, it made my life. You know, I could have used 60 seconds to to search that, but you did it for me, and I just clicked my email, and there it was. <laughs> so now here's one that. Okay, we're getting to years, and years definitely took some time. Here's another one that took some time. We got a custom cover. We will play in full. Ben Bird was on the Yeah Yeah episode, and I helped 
Ben and his friend Tim hook up with Rachel Jones uh, to put together this cool cover. Ben sent me some notes about uh, how this all came together. Uh, Ben says, Seneca Prepare Dance is a combination of two songs, the lyrics from Prepare by They Might Be Giants and the music of Seneca Square Dance, a.k.a. Waiting for the Federals, an old-time tune. This collaboration features Rachel Jones on vocals, who absolutely killed it, Tim Sauls on fiddle, and me on rhythm guitar. Thanks to Greg Simpson for putting me in touch with Rachel so the world could be treated to her amazing voice and great mixing skills. This collaboration came about after Greg provided me with his podcast's recording schedule. After listening to Prepare, I thought it could be converted to an old-time tune and immediately enlisted my friend Tim. We have been playing music together for almost a decade, going back to when he taught me how to play guitar. Tim is a talented musician who can play anything with strings, particularly the banjo. Check out his old band, The Celtabillies. Celtic Hillbillies. I appreciate Rachel agreeing to participate in this as, again, her vocal performance is perfect as was Tim's fiddle. If you want to listen to old-time music, check out the Duke Football Coverage Podcast Jam Sessions. Tim and I sporadically post old-time tunes there. Thanks so much, Ben, for putting this all together. Ben, Tim, and Rachel, let's listen to it. It's Prepare plus the Seneca Square Dance. It's Seneca Prepare Dance. The next second won't be a thing Like the current one has been We won't know how it's gonna be Until a second is gone No one can see the future We're just gonna have to wait There may be strange new ideas To try to keep an open mind Prepare for a second from now As if that would make a difference Ready or not, it's coming And there's no way to stop the clock The next second will make right now Zero from one, hold your breath, oh here it comes Now that the second has passed Let's reflect on the times we've had Back on a second ago Given things that we now know Remember just a second ago Recall if you can how it used to be The next second will be a thing Like the current one has been We won't know how it's gonna be Until a second is done Ago. It's hard to believe we were so naive I can barely remember a thing About a second ago We'll soon be a second from now That is all that I really know Ready or not, it's coming And there's no way to stop the clock The next second will make right now Seem like very long ago And make you forget everything That you currently know The next second will make right now Seem like very long ago and make you forget everything that you currently know. They're like old-timey folk music. Whose voice would be good for that? 
And it didn't take me too long for Rachel Jones to come to mind. Because, I mean, you've heard her stuff for the Puppet Heads, right? Some of the mm-hmm. other stuff she's done. Yeah. Her voice is great. Iowa Rachel, because there's also Rachel Jones, who is going to school in St. Louis. Rachel Jones of Iowa, her tone is beautiful, and it has kind of this old school, like, I wouldn't quite say it's like a Billie Holiday tone, but it's that kind of, um, where it's like, it's not fancy, but it's really good. You know? Where it's like, all those old jazz singers who, they grew up poor, they didn't go to school for music. They didn't have vocal lessons. They just, like, had it. And now Rachel has done, I mean, she's had plenty of schooling music, but her tone, I'm saying, is kind of like that, where it's, like, it's not overbearingly, like, look, I'm a good singer. It's just good, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. You know? That's true. about it. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. An old school flavor and is really excellent without being, like, showy about it, right? So I'm, like, Rachel Jones. I'm, like, that was my first thought. And I pitched it to Rachel. She said, yeah, I put them in touch. And here we are. What did you think? I really liked that. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm always blown away by covers that can really blow me away. I've, I've, I do a lot of very straightforward covers because I don't really have necessarily the, uh, the ability to hear it in, in those different planes. But the way you talked about how it got put together, that just made perfect sense. Um, it's just, I mean, it, it it was almost like an out of body experience. Yeah. I, really, I really enjoyed it. It, it, it was, was really good. It was really good. <laughs> I, I I still to this day, I'm, I'm, it's kind of a little bit haunting. But props to those yeah. guys for putting that, all that together. And haunting hell. I mean, if we're talking about Civil War era, I mean, we're talking about old. I mean, these guys are schooled in old music, and I'm not sure. I haven't. I mean, Rachel's, we're doing the Birds Fly episode on Thursday. I'm talking to her on Thursday, so I can ask her then if she is all that into, like, old folk music. Because I really love, like, old Appalachian folk. I mean, you grew up in Mm -hmm. that kind of region where I just love something about, like, the cross, like, like, American history, like, American music being, like, created out of necessity. Like, these are the instruments we got. We're going to turn... Our other, we're going to turn shit we got out, you know, in the barn. We're going to turn it into an instrument, right? To go along with the fiddle or whatever we got. Something about that is fascinating to me. Like, I was showing my singing saw to my kids just today. Because I, I always, like, hide it. And I'll be like, check this out. And they're like, ah! <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's an instrument. No, it's not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, play with mm-hmm. the bow. Um Anything that's thin enough in metal, I can bow it, baby. I will bow a cymbal. I will bow a glockenspiel bar. Uh, always sounds super cool. Um, so that old-timey stuff, I love it, but I don't know how much Rachel knows about it, if it's her jam. I feel like it might be because she fit into this cover just perfectly. She's like, versatile. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like her Birds Fly cover on Purple Toupee, just super cool acapella, like, Again, me, I'm a band guy. I'm an instrumentalist. I sing because I like to sing. I teach singing. But I'm not like, I've never attempted an acapella track. Maybe I should try. I don't know how it would go. It wouldn't go as good as Rachel did on Birds Fly. (laughs) But it might be fun to try. Um, She's a great singer. I'm excited to talk to her for the next episode. So stay tuned next week. Um, But hell yeah, Ben Bird. Um, So Ben, Tim, and Rachel knocked it out of the park on that one. 
Uh, amazing cover, reimagined, mashed up, whatever you want to call it. Um, awesome. So, on to the main event. Those were your opening acts. <laughs> right. We've talked a lot about your covers. Is there anything else to prep us for before I drop it in? No. Go for it. All right. Bloop. It's, I mean, it's, it's great. Like, I mean, I love hearing your covers because you can tell, you can tell how much work you put into them and doing stuff by yourself. I completely relate to that. Hell, I grew up, one of my dad's favorite records is Ram by Paul McCartney. Oh yeah. He was doing it. You know, Linda was singing and maybe doing some other stuff, but like that was Paul just like, yeah, the Beatles are done. I'm just going to like fuck around a little bit, you know, and the, like the songs that just came out of them. Without him even, like, Ram, it's like something about that album. It's like you had this huge budget. You had George Martin, blah, blah, blah. Now all of a sudden you're like, 
yeah, I'm just going to kick this shit out. And like the songs that just like fell out of them were just like so amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm not really a drummer, but I screw around a ring of drums every once in a while. And like now I can kind of play the drums. It's like there's something just so like charming about that. And like you said, like you weren't schooled as a drummer. What I mean, what was your first instrument that you learned? I don't know if we um i learned i i learned the piano when i was maybe mm-hmm. about six or seven but i was a very poor student for a long time and then i thought i was oh, cool yeah. and then uh my older brother was playing the bass so i picked up the bass and that kind of became my primary for a long time and around the same time my parents always played a lot of folk guitar so i i learned a just very basic cowboy chord guitar cowboy chords i love that uh, I eventually started branching out into punk, and I I had a minute where I was trying to learn jazz chords and stuff like that, which which really yeah. I, I'm really glad I tried. You know, I it, yeah. it really extended my abilities, and it, it, and I circled back around. Oh, and, and in the in college I picked up the flute. Um, I, oh, in, in college you picked up the flute. Wow, yeah, I, that's I not usually a, something you pick. You don't usually pick up orchestral instruments later in life, but that's cool. Why yeah. did so what? So without, <laughs> it's late without too long of a story though. But I mean, I just want to know how you, how did you, why did you pick up the flute? Well, um, to, impress, I was, to impress the chicks. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I I bought a little uh, bamboo pipe, and uh, okay, in college, and my parents were visiting maybe like one break, and I and I was like, look, I picked up this little pipe, and and my mother said. Oh, you know, I was a flautist, right? And I'm like, yeah, I remember you were a flautist in college. And she's like, I'm going to send you my flute. I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. So she ended up sending it to me. And I'm like, okay, I have this flute now. And then I'm like... Hopefully an insured male. <laughs> and then um, I <laughs> I actually learned the first movement of Bach's flute sonata. Okay, I can't, whoa. I can't play that anymore. That was, it, was, it was a lot. So I, I learned a little bit of flutes, the flutes. The, the beginning fingerings for flute, it's like, hey, clarinets. Put a thumb and a finger down. Hey, sax, put a thumb and a finger down. Hey, flutes, put both pinkies in your thumb down. Like, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I hate it. I mean, really, I, I hold a grudge against the flute because my lip is not made for flute. And my professor for woodwind methods did not figure this out. I can't remember if I've told this on an episode or not. There's just way too many episodes. That, uh, I mean, I'm guessing it's a recessive trait. You're the doctor. I have my lip <laughs> comes to a little bump right there. The point. Right. So my, mm-hmm. my lip is not flat across, right? So when I was blowing, my airstream is split. Mm -hmm. And she didn't realize that because I'm just like, why? Mm. Like, I'm not getting the tone. Like, 50% of the time, I'm sucking at this instrument. Like, what is wrong with me? Because not that everything was like a breeze to pick up. I mean, fuck, the bassoon was hard as hell. But that the bassoon, one of my favorite instruments to play. And I never get, I I don't, I haven't played since college. It's so good that you don't just see bassoons laying around. Um, I bought a flute when I started teaching band in 2005, three years into my teaching career, I started teaching band. So I'm like, I'm going to buy one, you know, rip some guy off in those Kmart parking lot because he didn't know how much his kid's flute was worth. I don't know. I didn't have a whole lot of money. I'm like, $80? Deal. So I'm practicing this thing and and like trying to do my, what my professor said, which is to play side blown because like, like a week before my playing test or whatever, which for Woodwind's Methods, it was like, can you play, you know, B-flat, concert scale, B-flat, E-flat, whatever, A-flat maybe, you know, basic stuff. Uh, and here's a couple songs. It wasn't like play, you know, box anything, you know. It was like, you know, here's a couple of things you might teach to a kid, right? So 
I'm like, like a week before she's like, Oh, sorry. I didn't know. I didn't even have a mustache at the time. <laughs> right. So she's like, Oh, we should have had you blowing doing side blown. <laughs> what the hell is that? So she like teaches to me. I'm like, no. So it's just like, you're on blowing like that. Oh, just hate the flute, but the fingerings also suck. Anyway, yeah. I don't hate the sound of the flute. I love the sound of the flute, but good player. I am not one of them. It is my worst instrument in the orchestra. I'm better at violin. I'm better at upright bass. No. Flute. No. <laughs> <laughs> Go away. I have someone else play you. Anyway, uh, that's, that's, uh, um, yeah, that's, that's interesting to me that you're just like, yep, let's pick it up. But your mom does it. So, yeah. That makes sense. Carry on the family tradition. So, there's no flute on prepare. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm putting out. Would, spoiler do you still alert. have the flute? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm putting out Is spoiler alert, and I did. Uh-huh. I did play the flute for that. Yes. Yep. Looking forward to it. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Whatever. You know, I got a whole wall full of instruments. I'm like, what haven't I put on anything lately? How about kazoo? You know, whatever. Uh, super fun. So your cover, it, you could. I mean, you can hear. The love of the love for the song. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't cover a song if you hated it. I mean, I guess that would, maybe if you're gonna like fuck it up on purpose. But <laughs> most people cover a song because they like it, right? Uh, <laughs> or else, why would you spend the time? And you can really hear it in your covers, and that's what I appreciate about them because it's like I know this is for the longest time. It's like I think this is one dude, and then Ep she was like, "It's one dude," and then I think maybe at some point on your band camp you'd said like, "I'm." a one man band for now or something yeah. like that. How's that phrased? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you should round up some other people, man. It's fun. I mean, it is really fun just layering and stuff too, but you've been in bands before. Um, oh, are you playing bass on the Anna Ink thing you're sending me? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Dun, 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 Very dun. poorly. I'd only picked it up like days before. Still, that's pre-Danny. That's pre-human you know, not that they ignored the bass lines when they were doing them on keyboards or Linnell was doing the bass or whatever on some of the songs or Flans, whoever. But thank goodness it's not, you know, if you're if you're like, I'm going to note for note, learn this Danny bass part, you're up Shit's Creek, man, because that stuff is hard and it's like different. Every chorus is different. He's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, I'm, I just kind of try to approximate that. Exactly, right? There's There's no reason you need to go note for note on any cover. I mean, if you did, it's like kudos, but I don't think that's necessary. It's not like I was like, well, this pro cover is lacking because the bass part isn't note for note. No, I mean, Danny's stuff, just it's like that extra mwah on top, right? Um, but your cover's great, and people should go to guest host numero one. Guest host one. Um, oh, he sent me Anna Ng already. <laughs> Anna Ng just came into my... <laughs> my inbox so that'll be i'll be checking that out in like 10 minutes um you just <laughs> but good job on prepare everyone go check out guest host one uh, dot bandcamp.com to hear a ton of stuff buy a cds don't tell tmbg or their management that he's got cd no it's whatever why would they care i don't know their management cares i don't think the johns would care i think they'd be like oh cool i don't know but like the business people whatever i right. don't know mr idlewild up in his ivory tower <laughs> cares uh so we're to the point where you need to score this song man this is uh it's crunch time what are you gonna score this one yeah uh for me this song has it all i mean it was really it's really one of the it, i would really walk around 
you know, walk around the house, walk around work, and it would be playing in the back of my head. It's, uh, it's not, it's not there anymore. You know, it, it's, it had its moment and it's passed on through. I had to, I had to exercise it by playing it on and in my studio so sure sometimes you have to intentionally like get something else in your head because you're like i don't want to get sick of that song and hate it right get something else in there sure i mean i'll give it a i'll give it a 9.8 just about as perfect as as it gets yeah yeah okay okay yeah respect this is one that like so this is even considered more murdered remains right this right. is like the stuff the b-side that, of the b-side Right. I know. It's crazy. And they don't consider uh, Album Raises Newer Troubling Questions an album. <laughs> right. I mean, like, it has album in the title. It's so weird when they started making that distinction. Oh, wait. Phone Power's an album. Oh, this is an album. I think they're all albums. I don't think they should be demoted. I think Album Raises should be upped. I think Cast Your Pot to the Wind is an album. So many great songs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a whole other topic. I think I'm not going to go quite as high because this is one of those songs where I was like, thank you for making me like get out the CD because I'm like, I haven't listened to My Murder Remains in full in forever. Put both discs in my CD, five disc CD changer. <sighs> five disc CD changer. Still got CD it. CD carousel. Still got, still got, you could mail me that cassette for anything. <laughs> I dual deck. I can make my own copy. Uh <laughs> I have more than one cassette player in this house. Um, no A-tracks, though. So I, I think it's not as high for me just because this was one where you're like, you personally like jogged my memory. Like when we got this, when you requested it, when we got on the schedule especially, I was like, oh, yeah, prepare. I'm like, what is that? How does that one go? <laughs> Shit, I didn't listen to it in like two years. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. It was one of those where I'm like, I love that I do this podcast because it helps me to delve into songs that I may have just only been a casual listener of before. This is one that didn't by itself lodge itself into my brain. Same with Unctuous Robot. It's like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, God, how awesome this song is. Same thing with that. So like, thank you for picking these songs because again, if we're on Spotify, I would have heard it more because I would have been like, just streaming through a bunch of shitties. You know, I'm driving. I got a decent amount of driving every week. John's, come on. Like, another thing. I'm like, I would have heard the song dozens more times, but you got me listening to it again. Like, okay, I'll click on the iTunes. It's great, but I'm not going 9.8. I think, mm, it's a fantastic song, and I feel like as like a sleeper tucked away on More Murdered Remains, took three years for them to put it out it just sat it's that underdog status i feel like that alone gets it up into the seven so i'm just i'm gonna go flat seven um because going against like i mean i gave piece of dirt 7.9 it can't be creeping up on piece of dirt right 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 let's agree on that alphabet of nation 7.5 so i say seven seems about right um yeah i mean maybe if i had been listening to it as much as you had over the past few years, it might be up there, but it's a great song and everything we talked about proves it. Um, your cover proves it. I mean, hearing three very different covers, very like, okay, different. There's something to this song, like the bones of this song, like, like the bones of this house, the bones of this song are good. Cause you could do anything to it and it's going to be cool. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a, some, seven yeah uh i think so we plugged your your band camp 
guest host one dot bandcamp what anything else you want to plug should they come see you for like when they have horrible things happening you, you'll save them you'll save them you'll be no, like you you don't want to need a radiologist yeah you do not want to need a radiologist no i'm but if you have to go to joel if you have to <laughs> if you're in alabama and you need a radiologist come to me yeah here you go do you want to tell them what hospital you're going to plug your hospital <laughs> plug my hospital <laughs> that sounds like they might be giants with lyric i'm gonna plug that hospital i'll pass i'll pass yeah that's fine that's fine yeah <laughs> i'm sure they can find you with an easy google but yeah anyway, i mean much respect to you smarty pantses i'm married to one i don't know how you do it i'm only smart with music that's the only thing i you know maybe i could get my doctorate in music but i'm making it I'm teaching it. I'm spreading the love. I'm talking about they might be giants. I, you know. Hey, mad got- respect to the teachers. My older brother's a teacher, so mad respect to the teachers. Well, thank you. Thank you. My, uh, Cara always said, she's like, because at IU, especially Jacob School of Music, they had like p- punk rock classes. She's like, you should be teaching that. You know all that. You don't need to look in a textbook to be like, Oh, well, the very first album released by anyone in CBGB's crew was uh, Horses by Patti Smith in 1975, followed by, you know, I mean, like, I just, I've studied that stuff just for fun. Don't have any degree because of it. Um, But, you know, same thing with They Might Be Giants. She's like, she's like, don't you already know all this stuff? I'm like, on 900 songs? No, I do not. Prepare? No, I do not. I did not know until I clicked on it. That it was supposed to be for nanobots. So again, thank you for picking this one. And people can find this might be a podcast at this might be a podcast.com. Go to the bandcamp, this might be a podcast.bandcamp.com. Both Purple to Pay and 31 covers will always go to uh, the Kiefer family. Garrett is almost done with his treatments. He's so close, and I'm hoping that all the tests afterwards come out clear. Because um, brain cancer's a bitch. And Yes, it is. He, it's been like, he's been dealing with this for like 15 months. Like, he hasn't, I've seen him because I go and visit him and I talk to his mom all the time and she sends me pictures and all this and I'm friends with her on Facebook, but he hasn't been to a single in-person day of school for his sixth grade year. He's still graduating because somehow, with all the shit he's got going on, he's still pulling it off. He'll still be going to... uh junior high next year hopefully in person i mean shit you know i'd like to think that we at least you know we're giving a little bit of help to mom because whoo can't even imagine yeah can't even imagine right and his sister chloe props to chloe for just being there you know because she's there for her brother she is living her life too and you know you gotta think about her too because you know i mean that's a whole other kind of thing where it's like there's this much attention paid to your brother because you need it. She's, you know, I bought her some gift certificates too <laughs> out of my own money because it's just like, it's like when, you know, the little the, the, the little baby comes along and the big kid gets jealous. I mean, to like the nth degree. But Garrett, wow. I mean, you, you know, we're all thinking about you. And, uh, you know, so what's up dude and go enjoy the songs people and buy them all the money will keep going to them download cds for purple to pay um yeah and yeah leave me voicemails if you want two two four eight zero one two nine three zero and i think 
Jeez, we could have talked all night. I think you need to pick another song. But yeah, let's figure that out. You should come on again. It won't be as much of a marathon because we've covered all the ground already. <laughs> well, man, it's a blast. Thanks so much for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. It's been a lot of fun. Hold your breath Second in the future, that is all I